Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rise of Drekus, Chapter 1, Episode 2, here with Elaine Pentelin, our player character. How are you doing, Elaine? Um, yeah, you know, I'm pretty motivated to get this uh, mission going. Slightly hurt, because uh, I got bitten into my shoulder mm. um, last time we talked, so mm -hmm. yeah. not too excited about that, but um, pressing on, I guess, you know? Yeah, bear claws. They're uh they're not just for breakfast. No. <laughs> History joke for those of you that do not know. <laughs> uh so last session, aside from getting bear clawed, what what was last session? What did we do? How did we get here? Um well last session was the first session in this chapter. So Elaine has arrived with her troops uh on Arrow Island, which is part of the Talons. Um, they had a look around the first landing site, which seemed to be an abandoned building site, construction site, kind of something like that. Um, they, the troops have seen their first, um, Yeti in the woods, or what they assume is a Yeti, uh, decided to abandon that site and land somewhere else. So then they, uh, in the end, they landed in a more wooden area, um, and started exploring like around there and setting up a base camp. And as they were setting up the base camp, um, they spotted an intruder uh, who had come to the camp for whatever reason. We don't know because uh, the um, <clears throat> bowmen were very motivated and uh, killed that man uh, who'd come to the camp very quickly. So there was no questioning them. But the person seemed very emaciated and... Um, in poor shape, so to speak. Um, so uh, Elaine and her people set out to find where that person was coming from and if there were other uh, people, other footsteps they could possibly pursue. Um, they did find other footsteps and tried to follow that person who had, like, that second person who had obviously spotted the camp and then run away at some point. Uh, but instead of into that person, they ran into a polar bear which was not a very nice encounter for anybody involved. Nobody enjoyed this. Neither the polar bear nor the troops. <laughs> uh, but it turned out that the polar bear had actually already been shot by another group that was not Elaine's. So they decided to try to track down whoever had uh, shot that polar bear. But um, yeah. Mm. I, we've, we haven't done much... Uh, like, we don't have much progress time-wise, I think. We're still uh, just a few, like, in the very few, first few days of uh, the mission. And we're currently, I believe, going southward along the river, trying to find uh, who had shot that polar bear. Along the coastline. I believe that was what we were doing. Yes, I think so. Excellent. Coastline. Well, coastline. Yeah. Coastline, right. Because you followed the bear prints down to the ocean, where it looked like maybe it had crawled out of the sea right. with some arrow wounds. Right, and, and we'd, was... we'd found some arrows stuck in the sand as well there, or sandy yeah. snow or whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know why people were shooting a polar bear with bows and arrows? I mean, my guess would just be because they're starving, honestly. Um, if that is the same group that... Um, intruder came from he looked pretty emaciated so i think these people are starving i had uh, elaine thought about it as well because they do have a cleric allegedly um mm. so sometimes it is said that clerics have the ability to conjure food and water 
right? But she's not a she's not a an expert on these things. But like, there's there's the possibility that the cleric isn't strong enough uh, to do that task. Which, if you look in the rule books, that is probably the reason. Like, they are not high level enough to conjure food and water. Um, but for Elaine, it's either that or there might be something wrong with magic. You know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, or they might not be able to produce enough food and water. Or there's a third possibility, which is that person that we met is not part of the group that has the cleric. Mm. Because it's not necessarily, you know, all one united front. Like, there might be still people there from the, uh, f you know, that was were sent there last and that shipwrecked. Um, mm. We don't, we don't know if it's one group, if everybody died, or if it's two group and one is desperately trying to survive and the other is comfortable. We'll have to figure that out. So. Well, let me just open up my rule book over here. All sorts of fun things. Rolly. Well, let us come into um, our area. You have with you a partial spear. You've taken um, one of your sergeants, three spearmen, three bowmen. You've fought off the polar bear. You've been walking, not on the coast, but on like little high ground just above the coast. Uh, and sure enough, you have, if we didn't say this last session, you come across tracks, fresh, fresh tracks in the snow. And I take it they are narrow tracks, as in they look the same as before, or does it look like several people walk next to each other, or um, are they as big as a polar bear, you know, like size-wise? There is, um, in the immediate area where you find them, it's just, it's a whole mess of prints and tracks and, like, people stomping down, and there's so much that, like, it could be three people who walked around a whole lot, or it could be a hundred people, like, it's just a, a sea of stomped snow. But then as you proceed following them, um, you do see that they converge more or less into a single file line with the occasional something bopping off to the side or stepping off to the side, but there does then begin to form, like, a trench where everyone's following one another to, like, you know, walk in the, the tamped-down snow so it's a little bit easier. You don't have a good sense of the numbers. There's no proficient trackers in this group, um, but it is a very clear marching line uh, or walking line through the snow. Right. Well, it is a little strange because if it was only one person, why would they make such a large trampled down circle? You know, that seems like mm -hmm. a lot of tracks for a single person. What? So that place where all the tracks, you know, like just, just to rewind a little bit, where all the tracks are, and we said, you know, it's kind of, it could be a hundred or whatever. Um, if I have a look around there, also look around towards like the water where where am i like is there anything interesting that could be spotted from this vantage point that tells me this is a 
you know, a specific stopping point or something like that. Um, it has a great field of view of where that polar bear would have been when it came out of the water. You can see those polar bear markings <clears throat> from here very easily. Uh, but mm -hmm. other than that, it doesn't seem, at least not off the top of your head, maybe if we made a, um, a wisdom check? Mm, you love those, don't you? <laughs> it's my worst check and I keep coming. Um, let's see. There we go. Yeah, this looks pretty much just like they must have seen a polar bear and then stopped and started shooting at it. That must be it, right? This doesn't... Freeze, a little bit of a cliff, icy water, can't even see the mountain because the trees are blocking the point of view. I don't know. Doesn't look right. like anything to you. Two, they only hit two arrows on the polar bear though. Mm -hmm. Which is not an awful lot for that, if there were that many people up there, you know, you would you would have expected more arrows. That would have been down in the sand if there were like 20 people up here shooting arrows, or even just 10. There would have been probably more than the four total we found? Two in the polar bear, two in the sand? Yeah, your, your intuition tells you that arrows could have landed in the water, or the water could have washed up on the sand a little bit and pulled arrows out. Um, you found four. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's the total number that were shot. Right. Well, I assume if you shoot, if you shoot down from here, is it long range with the bow? Yeah, you'd be at probably medium range. Okay, so I assume minus two to hit. Yeah. So okay, but then you know, I just in my head, I'm just trying to figure out what that looks like. Then the polar bear starts charging. You still fire at it from the back if it keeps running, from medium to long range. Like that's, you know, you probably would have the chance for to shoot it at least like three times. Would be my assumption. If it was, um, if it wasn't from long range. So that's not too bad. It's maybe twelve arrows total, and I missed a lot of them. You know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. It doesn't sound like there were 50 people here shooting at the at the bear. Okay. Um, Anything else suspicious on this in this place? Just the footsteps. Nothing nope. else. Okay. There's nothing else. But um, would you please yeah? click me that supplies button? It should be fixed, so you can click it now. Yes, I'm excited. Okay, are you ready? Let's go. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. Nine fifty three fifty two. Great, uh, except we didn't consider two days worth of food. Um, so we're going to our eat, eat. Okay, so we should be at 900 rations, which is perfect. Um, that's the expected amount, that's 25 per day. You got lots of days to go. Uh, this is the fourth day of your adventure. You've got you know a day of food and water on all of you. Um, and off we go, following these trail, right? Yep. And yep. what is the, the marching order here? Uh, I believe single file. Uh, Gregor in front. No, sorry. No, actually, I think Gregor can take the front this time. Gregor in the front, mm -hmm. me in the back, and uh, just... Can, can I actually... Do you have the people out there? Then I can just yeah, put it well, on the map. We're, we're here with Platoon 1. All right. Um, All right. We can just so arrange I'll them. be doing this real quick. Bowmen are here. What? 
Let's do it down here. Um, is that Spearman? Yes. No, that's Spearman. Oh my god, you're pulling people from different platoons. It's a nightmare. I'm sorry. I gave I you the whole first platoon. No, but they were organized. <laughs> so we knew well, who was yeah. where. You, you said I could organize however I want. So and that's I fault. regretted it. Oh, terrible. So we're doing it like this. 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 Uh, then this guy, this guy, and okay. Gregor. Excellent. <clears throat> and this is the front. So we'll right, walk in right. like that. Perfect. Okay. There, perfect. Okay. I'm just going to move these back over here for your arrangement in a hot moment. Um, and we're going to put you on the tree token to indicate that this party is away. Um, and these other ones, you can see that they are on the castle token, meaning that they're hanging out in the fort. Uh, if there's ever a question as to where anyone is. So, coming along the snowy edge, the party will walk for maybe an hour. Not too terribly far. It's cool. You can hear the ever-crashing water on the shore. It's more of like a lapping rather than like a large crashing. The little bits of ice sort of float up onto the, the sandy beaches. And uh, maybe 20 or 30 minutes into your walking, the, the beach gives way to just kind of cliffs against which the, the waters gently lap. And near the end of that hour, looking out into the water, what should you see but a rather large iceberg on which is a ship, a crashed ship, as if, you know, the ship was beached on an iceberg and then the iceberg rolled and lifted the ship up onto it. And out there on the ship and on the berg are what appears to be five people. Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I assume since we spotted them, they spotted us. This is a like this situation. It says, "Oh, I can't no, quite tell." They, well, you're in the tree line. You had said at right. least last session that you were sort of up off the cliff, walking amongst the trees to lo lower your visibility. Um, mm -hmm. And they are pretty much wide out in the open. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you've definitely seen them. It's uncertain if they've seen you or not. Um, okay, they I don't will, seem to be I will, signaling. I will uh, do a do a stop sign to my people and uh, will like say crouch down. We need to have yep. a look at this. Yep, everyone takes a knee in the snow. You hear the the creaking of joints, the the ch uh, jingling of chain. Mm-hmm. And. Low. Uh, I will uh, crouch down as well and uh, shuffle over to Gregor. I'll say, um, I th what does this look like to you? Uh, well, looks like a crashed boat on an iceberg. Um, they also look pretty trapped, right? And it looks around and... If you look at the perimeter of this iceberg, there's not really a great way off. Um, in between you and the ship is just sort of a, a sea of small, icy patches. Some of it is pretty thin. Some of it looks thicker. Some of it looks sort of rocky and mountainous. Not rocky, but, you know, jagged and mountainous. 
um, sort of just a, a mess out there. Right, how far are they from the shore? terribly far maybe like 150 feet um it's just really cold icy waters with what knows living inside of it um and without access to like fire if you were to fall into the icy water you'd probably just freeze to death once you got yourself out you know clothing would be sopping wet you would immediately start losing heat. You'd need dry clothes and a warm place to not die. So even if you mm-hmm. have a swimming proficiency, like you couldn't swim from that iceberg to the shore and expect to live unless there was a, you know, some sort of aid station set up right away. Okay. Do I spot any um, smaller boats? Because the ship we arrived with had, like, smaller boats to, you know, land on shore. Do I spot any? Like, any crashed or any still on the boat or...? No! Not a one! So, I'll lean it to to Gregor and I'll say, Gregor, it seems to me like... These people figure that this is the safest place for them to be. And they probably have their boats with them and are just using this as their base. What do you mean? They have their boats with them? Well, yes, I mean, look at the at the size of this ship, right? They would have needed some smaller, smaller boats to land on shore if that was the initial plan. Uh-huh, makes sense. So I think these, these landing boats they probably still have and they use it to cross the ice water and then nothing can really reach them once they are out there. Makes sense to me. So, Neil, just so I can... Just so I can recap logically, these are the people that were sent out to look after the first people that came here, correct? The people you're looking for... Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. There's there's a lot of... These people, the people that are on this iceberg, you're saying, are mm-hmm. the people who were sent out for... Let me look up the names real quick. Yeah. So, I... Is... <clears throat> I... Okay. Does this look like a military ship to me? This looks or like does a this cargo look ship. Like a... Yeah. Okay, so the ship it looks that was like sent a cargo to ship. Move people was a cargo ship. It was a exactly. So okay, you know. I would assume that is the Alma. Is that possible? Pretty, it's possible, absolutely. If it's not the Alma, then that means two ships have come to this island, um, which is possible, but less likely than one ship. Right. So um, the Alma is a cargo ship that has been used by Drekis to move men and materials, similar as we were moved to this island. The Alma technically has the same um, job. And uh, their captain should be Euclid Euler, if I remember correctly. And there should be about 15, should have been about 15 men. Yep. Right. Okay. I think 
we should probably make contact. Um, so there, these people are not military people, though, right? Like everybody who would still be alive on that ship would just be uh, part of this privateer sailing group. There are no soldiers, as in soldiers working for Drakus on there, as far as I know. As far as you know, the ship and its complement are entirely private citizens who are hired to do a job and have no warriors amongst them. Okay. How far does a voice carry, usually? Oh, you can easily yell to them. If you walked up to the, the shore, and on this map you can see, like, here you are in the forest, um, and there's that bit of a rocky cliff going down to the water, and then some rocky icy bergs down there below. But you could, if you were at the, the shoreline, you could call to them. Okay. Um, I think I would carefully move my people forward to this first uh, cliff here, and then have a look down here, just in case there's something going on that I can't see right now. Uh, you can move on down, and I don't know exactly how you're doing it, but if you're, you know, spreading your yeah, people out and deploying them. Uh, you don't see anything else down here. It all looks pretty ordinary. No tracks in the snow. Uh, but when you get there, you can see the people on the boat begin waving in your direction uh, after a pause. There's like a look, a point, and then, um, you know, crossing arms, waving, hey there! Hello! <clears throat> I'll wave, uh, I guess I will wave uh, back at them, and I'll... Uh... I'll shout, Captain Eula! They, they point towards the ship and they say, He's injured! Right. Can you send a boat? No! We don't have any boats! They took them! Oh shit. Alright. Between you and that ship crash is not but a sea of ice. Uh, the On this little map here, in the upper left-hand mm. corner, we will see mm-hmm. sort of the, the closest iceberg that you could possibly get to. And then on the bottom right-hand corner would be the closest iceberg to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else is just, you know, a mess of stuff. Okay, um, how much rope do we have on us? Well, back at the fort, you've got a lot of rope, um, but yes. nobody packed any rope for this expedition. <laughs> this okay. was just a, you know, let's go see what we can find, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone's already and this encumbered. How much is the fucking distance? I mean, that's like, how far can you jump into a... That's a complicated answer. <laughs> it is not easy. Um, it's highly mm-hmm. dependent on strength and encumbrance and footing and the, you know, is it an icy surface you're jumping off of or like a nice, well-gripped track pad? Uh, okay, but I mean, we are close to the shore. There are some... There's, there's at least some woods there, right? Mm-hmm. Um... 
I don't assume we all have axes with us because we're spearmen and bowmen. But you do have woodcutting axes back in camp. Yes, we do. Oh, shit. So I feel like we need to come... Because it, it would be pretty easy to cut down some trees at the shoreline and then try to build, like, preliminary bridges in some way, you know, to make it from one spot to the next. Um, plus, I think if the captain's injured, he probably also needs a... Um, med kit. Mm -hmm. um, now, the okay, bridges I mean... from one burg to another might run into the problem that these things are sort of free floating in the water. The static image mm -hmm. does not do it justice, but like, you know, mm -hmm. things move. Um, so if you were to build a bridge, it's very possible that one of the bergs upon which the bridge is built would just move out of position and it would right. then fall into the water. Just as a, you know, okay. a holistic view. Okay, um, well, these people are sailors, yeah? I mean, I don't know if they've no. ever been to a frozen place, but I'll yell over, how do I get to you? <laughs> I mean, maybe a sailor has an idea. You know, it's not unreasonable to ask them, you know because, what? I mean... That's not unreasonable. Yeah, 1d20 plus 9. I don't know! <laughs> Talking to the cook one, once again. Um... Well, could you feasibly sit on on a piece of ice and try to use it like a float? Like probably not, right? They are, I, I assume they're not your way. Yes, but I assume they are not really static, right? They are like slightly shifting the entire time. Sure, but yeah, uh, what is a ship but like a wooden iceberg that is oared? In theory, if you are on an iceberg and you have sufficient manpower and sufficiently long oars, you could row the iceberg. Um, but as we know, icebergs have, you know, like 10% on top and 90% below the surface. And that that's a lot of mass to move. And it's also okay. a lot of surface area to I think resist. it would <sighs> It's not that far, it's pretty dangerous. I think the best thing would probably be to just build, build a float and try to make it through there. Um, we have, so, in this moment, you know, Elaine feels a great deal of frustration because she remembers all the letters she sent to very politely and very firmly request somebody who knows more about fire building, somebody who's a survivalist, somebody who can tell her more about, you know, surviving the icy colds of the Talons. Um, I don't know, just somebody with a healing who's like in some form a healer or maybe even just a herbalist. You know, she started high with like a cleric would be nice and they're like, oh no, you know, they're just laughing at her. Um, and then she was like, okay, at least give me like a healer. And, she, and they said, no, you can, but you can have some, some first aid kits, you know, we'll give you them. And she's like, all right, how about, you know, a tracker? And they're like, no, not a tracker. Somebody who's proficient in survival, no. A fire builder, give me at least somebody. And they're like, mm, no, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. So she's she's pretty frustrated at this, because she really doesn't want to drown in the ICC. Yeah. Um. So I guess she uh, calls one last time over, and she said, "We'll come back with help. Bring food." <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I guess um. I will nod at Greg and I say, "Okay, we have to get back to camp." as quickly as possible. All right. Well, our party can return to camp. 
and get there in about an hour, a little more, because you gotta go all the way back. Mm -hmm. Let's see how things have been in camp while you're away. Oh, it's been great! Yeah, no, it's actually going really <laughs> well at camp. They've got a nice supply of firewood built up. Progress on the fort has been a little bit better than expected. It was a natural 20 on the camp status. Amazing. Um, so, you know, they've even started to build like a little roof for some sheltery areas to put, that you can put like tents under. Um, everything's going great at camp. Better than you could possibly have expected. Excellent. I will meet up with uh, Willa and Carl and I'll put a, a hand on both of their shoulders and I'll say... You have impressed me today. I'm very pleased with the progress that two of you made. Well done. Um, Carl will nod and jerk a thumb in Willa's direction and be like, well, she's the Fletcher. She, uh, she put this shit together. Thank her. Thank you, Willa. And um, on that note, have you ever built a float before? A what? A float. A you know, something to cross the water when you don't have a ship around or a boat. A raft? Yes. No. Okay. So, I'll I'll um, wave over Gregor as well and I say, um, we found the Alma, the shipwreck, um, and there are some survivors, which is great news, but we need to figure out a way to... Um, help them out. They're stranded at an iceberg and they have no boats to come over and cross the water. So they're just stuck there. Uh, they're hungry and they're hurt. Hmm. Um. Huh. There's a ton of ice around there. Swimming seems like a death sentence, so I'd really rather not try to swim over there. And I'm not experienced enough to know how to cross the water on icy plates, I guess. Carl will quickly speak up. It's our duty as <clears throat> soldiers of the Empire to, to rescue those in need, those who have served us well. We would be doing Martha a great disservice if we did not immediately help these people. Yes, that is entirely true. But we would need somebody who actually knows how to cross water like that. Do you guys have anybody in your platoons who have like who are you know especially knowledgeable in uh, wood cutting or have lived near a river or have ever done anything similar to that? A shipbuilder? Something like that? Gregor will speak up and say that all of these conscripts come from Coxport, which is an island in the bay right near the capital. Uh, someone here has probably used a boat or maybe had worked on a boat or something. They're sort of you know, a mix of peasants and city folk and, and townies um, from that area. So Gregor will go in and amongst the soldiers, asking if anyone has any experience with shipbuilding or, or rafting or anything like that. And you have uh, 21 folks under you. They, each one has maybe a... 5% chance. Oh, that actually works out really well. Uh, roll me a d20. 
Good is high is good, low is bad. Sixteen. Sixteen is not too terrible. Um, you have a couple of folks mean? here. On an twenty, it's pretty good. Yeah, you've got some <laughs> folks here who have been fishermen, um, or who who were fishermen earlier, and they they know their way around a ship pretty well, and have even made some small repairs. You don't have anyone here that has actually built a boat or a ship, um, but you have people who have worked with them and been on them enough that they. got a better idea than you okay uh how much time until the sun goes down it's not even noon yet Many okay hours. so plenty of time have has anybody spotted anything while we were gone in camp or has everything been smooth sailing no more incidents nothing no incidents to report sir all right Okay. Um, so how many people is it that have a slight idea how to build a raft? There are three people who have, uh, who, who were fishermen for this. Okay. Okay. Um, I will, I guess I will, I will gather them around and I'll say, okay. Here's what we need to do, and I'll explain the situation to them. And I'll say, um, how long would you think it takes to build a raft that could cross the ice? Hmm. They think for a moment. Someone will say, well, we don't have any anything but logs to work with, right? So we would just be strapping logs together with rope and floating it and have oars so we could pull it and we could get that done in a few hours. If we want to take the time to, to make proper oars, uh, maybe by tomorrow, oars would be nice. That way if there's something that we can't push, you know, if the, if the poles can't reach something, then we can still row. Hey, I don't, I don't know how to make an oar, though. Which, Willa, who is a bow specialist, who has fletching as a non-weapon proficiency, it's not the same as carpentry, but it is some level of woodworking skill. Um, she puts forth that given time, she can make a few oars. Or, you know, a stand-in for an oar. Wouldn't be great. It'd be too heavy, but it would work. Okay. Could you... Would you be able to make that until tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I suggest we pack some rations. Uh, let me think. We need to pack enough for, to leave them with these people as well if we can't make it back. How many people did I spot on that boat? Four? Five? Four. Four fishermen. I spotted four and one was... One was, um... The captain was injured. So he was under deck. Oh, I'm sorry. The the people on the iceberg, you saw five of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's at least six people, if not more. Not everybody was probably down there. Um... Mm -hmm. How many rations do we have? Fifty. Okay, let's take... 
So I assume tomorrow we will leave with three, six, seven. I want Willa as well. Eight, nine. We leave with 12 people tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Rest stays here. Um, so these people need to bring their rations and we'll bring 20. Mm, we can split them. We can bring like 25 rations between us uh, for the boats people. And I also want to take one med kit, I think. Okay. So you're going to bring 12 people. They're all going to bring mm -hmm. their rations plus an additional set. Uh, yes. And a med kit. Yes. Okay. And bandages as well? I'm assuming. Yep. Assuming you're packing yep. that with the med kit. Cool. All right. Yep. And otherwise, let me have a look at the supplies real quick. We don't have them in Roll20, do we? They do. If you go just... into the group gear uh, character. Oh, I broke that. that didn't oh, work. yeah, I found it. Um, yes, sorry. Okay. Uh, we bring ropes as well, of course. Ask uh, them what they think, how many ropes we need to build, like, a proper... Yeah, you have 10 50-foot ropes. Raft. Willa says let's bring half of them, um, and we might mm -hmm. not use them all. Mm -hmm. Some wood axes, I assume, hatchets as well. Yep. Half of them, maybe? Yep. I mean, the camp is built, so that should be fine. Yep. Um... And I guess some... If they didn't have water, they would have already died, but, you know... Um... Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. Should be fine. Uh, so, you will spend the rest of the day in camp. Willa will fletch out a couple of oars mm -hmm. as best as she can. Other people will mm -hmm. take watch. You know, and I think we will... Uh, there's two more things I want to do. First, I want to bury the corpse of that man who's infiltrated us, or who mm. tried to reach us for help. We'll never know, you know? Mm. Um... If he was trying to reach you for help, he wouldn't have run. I don't know. Some people, when they're desperate, make very unreasonable decisions sometimes, you know. Maybe. Yeah, it did just. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe if he wanted to approach and then he. I mean, I guess he could have tried just be like, hello. But. We'll see. I'll still bury him, though. It doesn't matter. Um. Doesn't say that you can't bury deserters. Um, That's true. Okay, uh, now when um, you say bury, normally when we bury people, we put them six feet under, but the ground here is frozen pretty solid, so. I mean, we could just make a snow mound. It's not going to melt. Okay. You know, this is eternal winter, so right, <laughs> burying right. is pretty much just. Um, and I will give his. His short sword was in, was in decent condition, correct? His what? Short sword? Oh, yes. He had a, a short, short sword. sword. Yes, yes. Okay, so in the evening, when it is, uh, you know, time to, to eat, um, I will take the short sword and I will walk over to the brave uh, spearman who landed the critical hit on the polar bear during the day. Mm. Um, and... I'll say, what is what is your name, soldier? Her name is Marta. 
Marta. Marta. Marta. Okay. That's a name. Okay. It's a real name. I know yeah, someone okay. named that. Yeah, What's it's just name? it's just funny because you have Martha and Marta, and technically they're the same name, you know. Um, so, is, is that is that real? Is that true? Yeah. One's just yeah. the Spanish version of of Martha. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'd never thought of it that way. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go to her and um, I will having, turn. <laughs> that makes having Martha as a goddess even more hilarious. <laughs> well, anyways, I will um, look around the campfire at the soldiers that are here. And I'll say, so, um, today has been a long and eventful day. And... I would like to take this uh, moment to honor one soldier in particular, and that one is uh, Marta here, who, like the rest of our brave troop, um, did not back down from the giant polar bear, but stood valiantly and landed a blow that was marvelous in the face of this great danger. So, Marta, I would like to thank you personally for... Um, being part of this expedition today, and I will hand her the uh, the short saw that I probably cleaned, you know, at some point during the day to make it look nice, and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll hand it to her. Uh, she will accept it and give you like a stiff formal bow, and then pleasantly uh, strap the short sword to her waist. Excellent. And I'll say, okay, I hope there's not going to be any incidents tonight. We will need all our strength to save some people tomorrow and uh, accomplish part of our mission. So um, make sure uh, you get some rest and uh, brace yourself for the, mar the, the march tomorrow. Well, with that, why don't we bed down for the night? Characters can all take a rest except for those on watch. And we will come back on the other side of our break with a little bit more Rise of Drakus then. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rise of Drakus. It is a cold day here today. We're going to eat another set of rations, so we should be down to, yep, 75. But we still have, like, 352 arrows. Lots of arrows. We're not going to run out. It's totally fine. Um, shall we take our 12? Who, which, which 12 would you like to take? Even between um, bows and spears? What's, what's the dealio? I think we're taking the three, we're taking the three fishermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're taking, um, Carl stays in camp, Willa comes with, and Gregor comes with. Okay, Carl stays in camp, Willa and Gregor are yes. coming with. Yes. Um, three fishermen. Uh, what's the three fisher people? What platoon are they? Are they all spearmen? Are they bowmen? What are they when they don't fish? Uh, bow, spear, and spear. Two spears and a bow. Actually, there were four fishermen. So two beer, two bows, two spears. Two spears. I'm doing the same thing again. 
Um, then Car, that's Willa. I'll stay behind. This is Gregor. Okay, that's that's Gregor and Willa. Um, and then five, six. I'm taking. I think I want more of the bow people, maybe. And one more of these guys. Okay. That should be fine. That's it. So you wanted to take yeah. 12. Or yeah, I thought down. about it. It's fine. We're cutting it down. We'll take okay. these people. Uh, if Willa thinks, or if, if the people think that's enough to build a raft in time. Yeah, it'll take a few yeah. hours to chop some things down. Um, you said you wanted to bring half the axes and hatchets and leave the other half behind? Yes. Yeah, so this is fine. You can get some people chopping things down, some people uh, hacking the limbs off, and then a few people standing guard. Probably just the... Yep, sounds good. Um, the NCOs, the, the sergeants can stand guard while, you know, the other people will do all the labor. And you'll, of course, be okay. there to stand guard too. How did the oars turn out? Ah, oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know not super great they found like a wide piece of wood and then they, they tried to hack it down into um something that would work as an ore but it's just a little thick they just there was more time they could thin it and make it small but now it takes like two hands to operate one of these ores that is about yay thick and then instead of being a nice thin paddle it's sort of like a fat thick you know it's mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you it's not a great ore <laughs> okay well yeah all right yeah. It's not great, but still it's has a little a, bit of time. Stick. Yeah, she also still has a little bit of time, so she might even out one to two points, you know, in the time while she's uh, she's there. Okay, <clears throat> let's try to move back to that place where we've encountered the ship. Okay, well, would you roll me a D one hundred? Seven! Is low good or bad, Neil? Seven is excellent. What is the seven? The amount of polar bears we're going to meet today. (laughs) Actually, Bear Island. Is it weather? What's the weather like? Apart from cold. Wind yeah. speed, maybe? Is it? Mm. I'm just trying to save some people. Could you roll me a D eight? Our party That's out Now the spot where you're going um, Is a little bit more than an hour It's about an hour from the beach Which is maybe you know 30 minutes Or you know 10 minutes from where you fought the polar bear Which is maybe 20 or 30 minutes From camp so we're looking at like An hour and 45 minutes to get out there Not a Not a terrible amount of time 
But as you're setting out, this you know, ordinary day out here in Allen's Arrow Island in the cold, um, you'll notice that the, the winds begin to die down a little bit and you get this, this gentle, pleasant snowfall where actually, Gentle snow. Have a gentle snowball track. This sounds more like rainfall, but this will do for snowfall. Um, it snows a lot quieter, but I guess you can't really make a track that it sounds like snow falling because it wouldn't sound like anything. Um, but the party, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The ten of you set out on your little journey, going maybe an hour half hour and 45 minutes away and you get back down to that beach area and the the snowfall starts and you get over towards that coastal cliff area where you can see the ship on the iceberg um, but the snow is beginning to come down a lot more heavily now it's like thick you know those um those of you that who haven't been snowy regions not all snowfall is the same Sometimes it's little tiny particles that are really, really cold and frozen. Sometimes it's sort of big fat particles. Sometimes the snow is like just on the edge of frozen. So if it hits something that's not completely frozen, it'll like melt right away and become sort of slushy. Uh, what we have here are sort of thick, heavy snow clumps, but everything is cold. Everything, even like the outside of your clothes is already sort of frozen. Your chain mail really easily conducts heat away. And so everything here is nice and icy. And you're getting these like big, thick snowflakes that are falling down and it's all clumping together. And by the time you get out here, everyone is carrying like an extra three or four pounds of snow and ice on them that is, you know, getting brushed off or you know, pushed off from time to time. Um, and you make it to this spot, and you can barely see the boat out there between just like the, the screen of falling snow. Uh, none of the people are outside of the ship right now. They must all either be inside or, you know, have fallen to the sea and died or something, because none of them are visible. Yeah, but you wouldn't stay outside in the ice cold snow, just, you know, waiting for forever, so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh. Well, I guess we'll just have to get to work. I don't think we have another choice. Okay. The party sets to work. Dropping down nearby trees, Willa starts to lay out ropes. Um, plan is to knock down these trees, scrape off any other side branches, and then use Willa, who has a rope use proficiency, to bind the logs together nice and tightly and form... Um, depending on how much time and the trees that you can find, you know, a, a section of logs that is maybe five feet wide and maybe six or eight feet long if possible. And if there is time and rope and appropriate trees, maybe like put a second layer of smaller things underneath to give it a little bit more buoyancy so it can just sit mm -hmm. a little higher in the water. Because mm -hmm. you don't want that water lapping up onto your ankles or anything. Right. Can I support Willa and her rope? Uh, you know, you have a rope proficiency. Yes. Oh well, then absolutely. Um, that can be your job instead of hers. Uh, and well, she she's can... probably better at it. I don't know what is her dex. Let me check. Let me look. She has fourteen dex. Yes. So she might. She's probably better at it. Yeah. That's okay. 
That's fine. Well, another half hour begins to pass and snow continues to fall a little bit thicker and the winds begin to pick up just a little bit. You know, it's not following, falling straight down on you. It's now sort of coming at a bit of an angle. Guys, what does the sky are, look like? Yeah, they're dark and cloudy. I mean, of course, there it's it's snowing. You you couldn't have, I don't think you can have blue skies and snowfall. Um, I'm a little worried. Have there ever been reports about? proper snowstorms on these islands or is that you know like a blizzard strength snowstorm or does it not get that windy at least the weather is a substantial danger on this island uh it's one of these abandoned places that no one comes to because there's nothing of value here it's it's inhospitable i mean technically there's like some polar bears so if you want some polar bear skins you could come out here but the islands aren't that big they don't have that much life on them um, so there's not a lot of reports of what it's like here, but those that have been to snowy, wintry regions have reported, you know, sometimes the weather gets really nasty. To be fair, if the weather does get really nasty, it doesn't matter if you're in a tent or out, like if it's a proper blizzard, then I don't think it changes that much except for the snow that falls on you. So... <clears throat> Do you have but you didn't bring tents for your people. No, we don't have tents because they are in the camp, mm. right? Like they are mm. put up there. Yeah, um, I mean, they, I think they we can will... always be broken down and moved if you want, but... Right, well, not right now. I think we will try to make a lean-to. So we do have the axes, right? We have been chopping trees, so I think we will try to... Um, the, when the people are done chopping for the, for the raft, try to build a lean-to that we can at least uh, shelter from put up against the the cliffside maybe a little bit there's no cave or such thing that i can see like not to the left can... or to the right here not immediately but you could send out scouts to look if you want sure i'll send out um well how many people can i can i send out that are not uh, immediately building the raft right now well i mean you can use logs for rafts or logs for lean-tos, but All I don't right. know if you can do both at the same time. So if you're not okay. rafting, then you're not needing all your people I'll take... Okay, I will take, um... Ah, oh, shit. It's fine. I will take one spearman and one uh, bowman, and I'll go myself to do what? To search for caves? To search, see if there's a cave anywhere nearby. Yeah. Uh, so the three of you are all heading in the same direction, or are the two of them going one way and you're going with the other? <clears throat> um, we're splitting up. I'm going a Are we splitting up? It is snowing. It's windy. No polar bear is going to walk around through the through the snowstorm, being like, "Hmm, I wonder what I could eat today." No, it's fine. We'll split up. I'll go to I'll go to the west, and yeah. the other two will go to the east, and I'll tell them to not go further than like half an hour because polar yeah, bears are known around. for their their fear and discomfort in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I mean, Neil. They are not just, like, you know, they are not absolutely tremendously stupid. So, mm -hmm. we'll try. Okay. People are looking. 
Could you roll me mm, a D three? And a D ten plus six. Twelve. Alright, so half an hour, right? Everyone be back in half an hour. You're going one way, these two are going another way, everyone else is staying put to build a lean-to, and the the raft is just being abandoned for the time being. I think so. Yes. Okay. Is luck. Oops. Oh my god, it's not good if it falls off the table. <laughs> That's not good luck. If it doesn't land on the table, you have to re-roll it. We never, ever use floor dice. It is a bad precedent to set. Ugh. Everyone can meet back up in half an hour. Um, you find something that could be considered a cave, but it definitely couldn't house all ten of your people. It's more of like a rocky overhang under which you could put four people in sort of close quarters, but it, it wouldn't fit all ten. Alright. How's the weather changed in those 30 minutes? The wind has picked up a little bit. Um, the flakes have gotten smaller, but more of them. <clears throat> How's the, how many people could be sheltered in that lean-to? Well, if we're using six to eight foot logs and we're putting them at, you know, five degree angle, then we're getting like five feet of space down there, five over there and so far uh, not great um after a half an hour your lean to could fit maybe you know five people fairly fairly comfortably um and it's just a lean to right so it'll protect you from the top but the sides are still pretty open and air mm -hmm. can just flow nice and freely through it. It's not... We'll keep the snow off... Well, if you build a lean-to like this, right? Against this side, then you would be mm -hmm. secured from at least this side and, like, mm -hmm. this side. So there's, like, less wind coming through if you if you were to build it like that. That's true. That's a great way to build it. <clears throat> and that's how I assume we would build it. <laughs> um, all right. But the final, so the, even the final version could only fit like half of us. Well, that's where it is now. You could continue adding logs forever, right? Um, if we consider think... each of these squares is what people need for fighting space, you can easily fit twice as many people in these squares um, just for even close quarters. And you could pack, you know, three times as many people in these squares if they're just trying to... If they share them. Yeah, yeah if, they're, if they're really okay. huddling together. So yep. we have 10 people. So let's just, you know, you need four squares to be covered, essentially, and then everyone can cram in real tightly. Okay, um, yeah, uh, we will keep working on the on the lean-to for now. I mean, it might not get worse. I don't, I know nothing about the weather, you know, where I come from. Uh, it is not that, not that windy and not that snowy, so um, yeah. Right. The other well, we... two that returned, that they didn't find anything on the no. other side. I oh, figured. They found nothing. All right. Okay. All right. You can build yourself a little lean-to here, and it's a good thing that you stopped working on the raft because the weather will continue to pick up, 
and get worse. And within an hour, um, the the wind and the snow are too much to continue the work. People are beginning to like lose their grip and slip and fall down in the snow, getting snow in their boots or down their shirts, which is just a nightmare to deal with when you don't have a nice warm, dry uh, place to rest and a fire to dry out your clothes in. Mm-hmm. And so everyone will pack together in this little shelter. And huddle. And huddle. And huddle. And he was yeah. hoping that hurricanes don't last for several days? <laughs> Alright. Um, well, you did well. On your d3, you rolled a 2, which is a, uh, a one-day blizzard. And it will blizzard for the rest of the day and on into the evening. There's not much to do about setting watch. Everyone's huddled in one area with like one rather large exit. Um, some branches have been brought to lay over the top. And as you're, you know, chopping these trees, there's lots of branches and they're little you know, frilly, frawny bits. And those have been sort of leaned against the front to create as much shelter as possible. But there's not much point in keeping watch. So everyone can kind of rest and slowly fall asleep in the freezing cold huddled together. The 10d6 that you rolled was for the next day's weather, which luckily is not a blizzard. The party will wake up the next day, and you did bring an extra day of food with you, so congratulations. six is actually nice again the the snows have stopped falling the winds have died down by the time everyone gets up and sort of shakes the snow off the front and opens the you know pushes out the branches um two things that you'll see right away first off it's a nice day it's not blue skies it's still gray and overcast and it's still freezing um but otherwise it's pleasant you know there's no wind there's no snowfall the other thing you'll notice is that even though it snowed a lot yesterday and the top of your lean-to is covered in like a good foot of snow, there's not like a mountain of snow in front of you. It's still only, you know, a few inches to, to the surface. You're not like barricaded in. It's been snowing all day and they're all, all day yesterday and through the night. Your roof has a foot of snow on it, but the ground in front of you has just about as much snow as it did yesterday. Can you still see the track? Like, this seems like an insane question, but can you still see the tracks we made yesterday? Nope, they're gone. Well, they covered up. Okay. So at least the snow doesn't, you know, magically disappear from the ground. It fills up the holes that were there, but it doesn't pile up for some reason. Okay. Man, imagine being a wizard. Okay. Mm. Ugh. We will continue our work um, on the raft as, you know, I ponder how the weather even works in this place. Is the raft still there? Well, I think you just used all the logs that you would make the raft for the lean-to. To, okay, right? that's fair. Yep. Yeah. So we um, will 
disassemble so the, is, the lean-to, I guess. So you'll, you'll disassemble and turn the lean-to into a raft rather than making and cutting new logs for a new raft. Well, okay, if I look at the sky, you said it's still gray, though, right? Still gray, but no wind, no snowfall. Yep, no, we'll we'll disassemble. It's fine. We'll disassemble and make the make the raft from the main All right. Well, the raft gets made. In no time at all, because you've got all the logs already. It's just the two of you tying everything together and everyone else sort of standing around and watching. Um and you can plop it off the 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 cliffs here, which are about, you know, fifteen feet tall, maybe twenty feet tall. How do you just chuck it over and then lower people on ropes or people jump down onto the raft? How do you... There's no way to get the raft. Like, there's no, you know, more beachy area where you could let the raft down that we've seen it to either direction going to the left or right hand side. I mean, maybe like two miles back to the left side, back the way you came. Okay, and how's, how, at the flattest point, how steep is the way down to the water? Like 15 feet. That is fucking steep! Um, well, we do have rope, so I think we will attach rope to the um, float itself mm -hmm. and lower that in, and then mm -hmm. afterwards lower people like one after another onto the float how many people w would you need to s to stir such stir such a thing steer. steer such steer my bad steer such a such a you'll need minimum of two people to operate the raft <clears throat> that would be to row on either side um and then because each of these oars is going to take two hands because they're bulky and unwieldy and they're heavy um if you had good oars in a decent raft, it could probably be manned by one person, but here, you're going to need two people to manage this properly. Um, and considering its size and everything, you could probably... And w once you get it in the water, and once you start lowering people onto it, and you can see how much it sinks, um, you can tell that you could probably fit four people on this without too much trouble. So two rowers, and then taking two people off the ship at a time. Okay. That, that should be pretty um... safe. If you do wanted you to do people... it more quickly, there would be a higher chance that something would go wrong. No, I think we're doing... We're being very slow and methodical about this, right? Like, we're carefully lower, lowering the, the float and checking, you know, is this is this stable in itself or does it already sink? And if that looks fine, we'll, um, you know, have the first person on a rope go down, stand on it, and make sure they don't sink immediately. So we, we do take the time to figure out if this is workable or not. Um... Do the people who have built the raft have a swimming proficiency? You said they were fishermen, right? I mean, probably not in the ice, but... They... The fishermen... Three of them know how to swim, one of them does not. Okay, then we'll take the three who know how to swim, um, and they can try crossing, I guess. Would the float hold rope, or would that be too heavy? 
Like to have rope on it to transport rope should be fine, right? If it's yeah, three people yeah. on rope. Yeah, because let's say the raft can hold uh, <clears throat> 600 pounds at this point um, safely. That is about mm-hmm. four people. Um, it's actually, you know, four people without their armor and without their heavy weapons and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Rope weighs. Which is it? Uh, uh, I can tell you, I think. Is it in the group gear or does that have right weight? Here. Yeah, no, it's it's not in here. Um, This is thin rope. Uh, so eight pounds per 50 feet. So yeah, you could easily put three people and some rope okay. on it and then bring back one person at a time. Yes, and I'll explain to the people who are getting on the raft that in case something happens and one of them gets pushed off the off the um, raft, that they need to be very slow and methodical about it because if they start panicking and then they will all fall off. So in case anything happens, they do have rope there, right? And then mm-hmm. they need to adjust slowly adjust their weight so they don't all flip over the second they're trying to pull somebody on. Okay. All right, easy peasy. Um, well, it's an yeah. easy process. You've figured it all out. Um, we just need... We just need... Just one successful roll from you. Just one... Did things go really poorly? Um, so you're going to want to roll a d20. High is good, low is bad. Anything below a five is real bad. Yes. Oh, it goes swimmingly. Ah. Yeah. It goes actually really, really fantastically. Uh, You grab the first person and they they paddle on back and you pull them up with the ropes and it goes great. Uh, And then go back for the next person. And while that first person is here, you can chat with them. This is just regular seaman number seven. Uh, Their name is... Uh, it is it is Steve Steve comes off the boat off the iceberg alright what does Steve look like (laughs) Uh, well he is 155 pounds and maybe like 6 feet tall so he's you know super um, under fed at this point he's a little scrawny Uh, he's got like a well grown in beard got that sort of like dry flakiness across the face of someone who is maybe not getting all the water and all the nutrients that they need um, and is very grateful to be back on land okay I'll, I'll uh, sling my winter blanket around him uh, as he comes over and say okay Steve what is going on why did you crash into an iceberg I mean, we didn't mean to. No one means to crash into an iceberg. That would be a titanic mistake. Uh, Who who are you? I say my name is Elaine Pentelin. We've been sent here by um, the Empress. Oh, thank the gods. You you came back to... How was your captain? Sorry. I was not great. Not real, real, not great. Took a wound during the fight, and, um, you know, been slow going. Right. We'll bring him, we'll bring him back to camp so he can rest up there and be fed appropriately, all of you. How long have you been out there? 
45 days. And I take it the others have abandoned you. Or did you crash? Did, did they crash? Did you crash on your way to the island? Well, well on the story. way back. All right. Um, you know what, Steve? You should probably hold your breath and tell us a story once we get back, huh? You seem pretty exhausted. I'll pat his shoulder. And I wor worriedly look, squint back out to see mm -hmm. how the rest of the people are doing. But one at a time, they will be pulled out. There are six people total. Uh, five able-bodied folks who are all half-starved. Um, and they're all wounded, actually. And, and one sick captain who has a huge wound across him uh, that has been bandaged as best as possible, but is, like, clearly infected... Um, and it smells like the worst French cheese you've ever came across. And you're not a super experienced soldier. You, you've, you know, that polar bear was your first real life or death fight in the world. But these other, these sergeants with you, these non-commissioned officers who have been doing this professionally for a little while, you can, you can see as soon as this guy is hoisted back up on the cliffs. They, they take a look at that wound that this guy's not going to make it. The captain is not long for this one. Alright. <clears throat> um, is, is it uh, possible to talk to him, or is he, you know, in a fever dream, in and out? No, he's... You can talk to him, but he, he's quiet. There's not a lot of energy. You can gather from the other folks that this wound started to heal at first. Um, it was pretty nasty, and it was getting better. But then, when food started to become scarce, um, it stopped healing as well. And then maybe a week ago, it started to get bad again. Um, and now it's now it's in this position. All right. I guess I'll lean over over him and I'll say, um, Captain, I will move your brave men and women over to my camp. Um, do you want us to carry you? I can't and I look walk. at him with a grave, with a grave expression. I said, "I, I know." Do you think you can hold it together for about an hour? The head yeah? moves slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, would it help if we were to use the med kit on him here, like try to, you know, put on new bandages, make sure, I don't know, that at least he doesn't lose too much blood while we transport him? Well, the wound's definitely like some... bleeding by now. All right. It's yeah. just infestering, I guess. Yeah, it's just sort of, you know, when someone takes the time to lift the makeshift bandages that they've made, you can see that. What, what is a series of small injuries and then like one large injury across the ribs is sort of split open, it's all red and uh, part of it that's like sticking up is clearly like blackened and blue, like a little bit frozen, but also just sort of rotting. The necrosis is already set in. 
Uh, and there's these like long blue lines that look like they're the veins underneath the skin that run from the wound like in all directions. Like, the guy's not gonna bleed to death unless you help him. He is, he's pro yeah, he'll probably die of a sepsis at some point soon. TM, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything important I need to know before we start transporting you? No. No. What's important? Did he bring a logbook or something like that from his ship? He, the captain did not bring anything. He was too wounded. Um, mm -hmm. But it does appear uh, that one of these other sailors did grab the captain's journal from the book, uh, from mm -hmm. the ship. Mm -hmm. They didn't grab a spy a spyglass by chance, did they? Do you ask? Yes. They will tell you uh, that the spyglass was taken. Mm, smart people. All right. I nod. I say, all right. I'll, I'll uh, take the book for now, if you don't mind. Yep. And everyone heads back. Uh, just to be clear, the raft gets pulled back up on shore and disassembled so that the rope can be taken back to camp. Now, the rope is an extra 20 pounds of snow and ice because it's been in the water, and it's a huge pain in the ass to, like, pull the raft out of the water with all with all these people and then break the, the the rope and ice off of it. So you won't get back until sundown because of all the time it takes to disassemble the raft, which is... Is it? Did we thing. use all the rope we had? No, it took um, three 50-foot coils to hold the raft together and then two 50-foot coils to lower it. Um, so you could abandon the raft and lose three out of your ten ropes you wanted. Uh, and that would get you back to camp, you know, in the very early afternoon instead of right around sundown. I don't know how you want to value resources versus time out here. Mm. Okay, we could, okay. The difficulty is that on this island, everything is so close together. So if anybody checks on something, they could pretty much do whatever they want still on the same day. You know, there's no such thing as really hiding things. Um, Okay, we'll abandon, we'll abandon the, the um, raft. Um, yeah. I'd like to lean it against the, like, lean it against the cliff here, at least. Okay. Um, and then I think we'll just try to move back quickly, because the captain is in a bad situation. I don't know if anybody's looked at us. We're pretty vulnerable right now with, mm -hmm. you know, the situation we're in, and we don't have any more rations for any more hurricanes or whatever, so I think we'll just... We'll book it for now. Okay. And there is a chance that we will get back for that raft, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you can bring everyone back to camp. Um, <clears throat> we brought in. Now, you don't have tents for everyone. You've got tents for your people. You've got room for a few extra folks in yours. Um, how would you like to deal with housing the... Do we have spare tents? 
Let me see. Bear uh, blankets, packs, and water skins. No, no we have tents. seven tents, right? For four people, that will be 28. And you are now and we are... 31 until the captain of the Alma dies, and then you'll be 30. So if you can squeeze an extra two people somewhere, right? One of these four-person tents can just get a, like a random sailor thrown into it. I guess so. Comfortable. You know, maybe they can rotate whoever's on watch. That's a free bed. You know? True. Actually, I think if you come up with a good watch uh, rotation, that should be possible. Yeah. If half of the people always, you know, take watch anyways. I mean, you want, what, at least, how many people do you keep on watch at night? You know, last time we had like 12. No, sorry. We had three. We had four watches. Um, per shift, I believe. Four people Perfect. who watch per shift. Yeah. Well then. Um, you are back in camp. You can mm -hmm. bring people together. Um, and you can interview the surviving sailors. Mm -hmm. Who would you like to start with? Uh, you essentially have five able-bodied seamen and one dying captain. Right. I would like to... How long does it take to read the logbook? How thick is that? The captain's book. Um, yeah, you can thumb to the beginning of the journey. Like the logbook covers more than um, this last mission, right? This is just the logbook day after day. So, you know, the first maybe 100 pages are previous expedition or previous things. And then you can find the spot where they talk about setting sail. Uh, or Whiteshore with the 7th Mixed Infantry. Okay, can I just read like the last are the last few days all? I'm dying, I'm starving, I'm dying, it's cold, it's cold, I'm dying you know, like, where does no, it end the, approximately? The last entry in the logbook is actually, um, we should be arriving at Whiteshore in the morning. So I didn't ride into it anymore afterwards. Yeah. Whatever happened, uh, the last entry in the book is we will be getting to White Shore in the morning. Would they be getting to White Shore from, like, distance-wise? I mean, I've, I've sailed around here with the other, with the other captain. Does it make sense that he didn't have the chance to write into the logbook the same day if he was hurt? Or is it like... Follow what you I'm mean. just like you well, write in the logbook when you've got time, right? So maybe you don't wake up first thing in the morning and make your log entry. Yes, but he does. He didn't indicate in any way that people were upset or that you know the crew on the mm. ship was getting restless. It seemed pretty okay. We're like we'll we'll find we'll arrive in White Shore oh. in the morning, right? Okay, no, no. So so you are you're just gonna. Um, you sit down to read those pages of the journey up until Whiteshore. And as you're sifting through and reading these things, you'll see that it's not that long. The, the journey from Bontheris to Whiteshore would really only be like three to five days, depending on weather. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it's fine. The first day, Log is normal, talks about um, bringing people on, bringing on supplies, setting sail, weather's pretty fine. Um, second day on the logbook, 
says that there's been a lot of sort of arguing coming from low decks. And when the captain has gone down to see what was happening, all of the soldiers sort of stood at attention. The knight in charge of the seventh mixed infantry, Kel Sira Shohan, she approached the captain and said that it was fine. It's a matter of the infantry and sorting out our objectives and our responsibilities. And it's none of the captain's business. The captain's just a sea taxi. Uh, the entry goes on to talk about the This is not the first time that the captain has been treated as a um, as a servant or a taxi by the Drakissian ground forces. Um, worth the money, the, the very handsome amount of money they're making in order to do this, but it's a little frustrating dealing with these self-important noble knights who who don't realize that their their lives are in the cap the sea captain's hands and that the sea captain should know everything that's happening on the boat for the sake of everyone's safety. And there's sort of just a, a little passage complaining about the disorderly conduct. On the third day, or the third log for the third day, pretty clear that there is some sort of major disturbance going on down below decks. There's been shouting and arguing and sailors have overheard conversation relating to whether or not this this landing that they're going to make is what should be done. There seems to be a discrepancy with following orders that they think bad or mm-hmm. El Sira Shohan has been very insistent that orders are orders and whether or not you like it this is what we're here to do but it's all very insular every time Euclid tries to go down and talk to El Sira Shohan doesn't work out well and Captain gets stonewalled and what are you going to do? You know, she's got plate mail and an arming sword, and she's a six-level knight from a, a good family um, who is not listening. So you know what? We'll get to we'll get to White Shore tomorrow. Get there in the morning. See it shortly after sunrise, and this short journey will be over. Hopefully, they'll be better when we pick them back up. I let out a sad sigh and uh, snap the book shut, I guess. And then I uh, trudge out towards... Let's do... Let's do Steve. I'll I'll walk over to Steve. Yep, you find Steve in one of these tents uh, next to a little fire, warming up, munching on some of your rations. Steve, what is your position on your boat, on the armor? Able-bodied seaman. All right. Okay, well. Have you... So, if 
Can you just tell me in very few sentences what happened to your boat? And what happened with the soldiers that were on it? We were making preparations to land at White Shore. It's clear there was an argument occurring between the Drakissian captain and the mercenaries. There had been tensions rising. And as everyone came out to see White Shore in the morning, uh, the cleric... Mother Elise, cleric of Mathis, um, said something. Pointed something out to the, the knight. And the knight walked up to the captain and said to turn back and head back for Bontheris, that, that we're not going to make it to the White Shore. And the mercenary commander, uh, a man by the name of Yak, drew his sword um, and leveled it at the captain, the Drakissian captain, and said something like, we, we were contracted for this thing and we're going to do this thing, whether you like it or not. When Yak drew his sword, Sira Shohan drew her sword, and all of a sudden there, there, was, there was fighting. Uh, we sailors got the hell out of the way. We, I don't really know why, but blows were exchanged. Yak was killed. Sira Shohan was wounded. A bunch of soldiers on both sides were were injured. In the end, the, the mercenaries surrendered, and the Kissian soldiers and knights won out, but they told us to turn around and head back for Bontheris. We did. It was while the knights and soldiers were arresting and trying to, you know, tie up the mercenaries that second scuffle broke out. Someone, you know, bunch of bunch of sailors died. Bunch of mercenaries and soldiers were killed. Sarah Shohan got pushed overboard. Um, Sank into the sea with her armor. Tell Heidi Siki run through, and uh, we didn't have enough people to steer the ship. We we're down to the five of us, and the captain was wounded. And it takes more than five to operate the vessel. And we tried to get to Bontheris, but we got pushed out to sea. Try as we might, we couldn't. Floated for a few days. And uh, up down here. When we saw the islands, we, we tried to turn towards them as best as possible. Got stuck uh, between some icebergs and in some ice flows. And then maybe a week later, when, when things freed up enough that we could move again, um, close to shore, ran aboard another iceberg, which then rotated lifted the ship up and that's that's where you saw us we've been sort of floating around the island since then some sort of island-sized gyre 
reviving knights, mercenaries, and conscripts. Took the remaining boats, the longboats, put themselves ashore. We stayed. We didn't want anything to do with them. Last head count. It was the cleric, two of the the, the younger knights, and about 20 soldiers and 10 mercenaries that made it ashore. We haven't seen them. In, well, I mean, we've seen them walking by occasionally, and we see their lights up on the mountain, but you can talk to them in three fortnights, two fortnights. So they didn't come and try to support you or save you or do anything. You just said we don't want anything to do with them, and that was that. Captain said we shouldn't we shouldn't throw our lot in with mutineers, and that uh, the queen would send someone to to find us. Well, your captain is a good man, Steve. He is he is a good man. <laughs> I'll, I'll pat his back. Um, what about the cleric? Did they go willingly? Yeah. Yeah, once Kel Shohan pushed overboard, the Mother Elise took charge. She spearheaded the whole thing. She kept talking. I mean, we were, we were with them for a while. and she, she came to us and talked to us. Tried to convince us to, to join with them. She kept talking about the corruption of the Drakissian Empress, how she consorts with monsters and demons, and, uh, you know, isn't the same Empress who, who started off the war, that she's going to take us all down to hell with her. Hmm. I'm, maybe from a cleric of Malchus, I'd understand that, but. Clerk of Mathis? Makes me uncomfortable. A god, god of knowledge, a cleric of the god of knowledge should really know something, should know things. You'd expect them to be telling the truth. Uh, we've spent the last month wondering if it's true. Do you know anything about the, about the queen consorting with demons? I, I scowl a little bit and I say, um, Steve, I think what you people went through would make anybody speculate about many things. All I know is that the Queen, the Empress, has sent us to come here and look for you people. And one of the main objectives was to make sure that if anybody on your boat was still alive, that we would come and make sure you stayed safe. And that doesn't sound like a demon to me. On it the other out. hand, and I look around with all like the snow and ice and I say, when I don't know what the cleric promised you, but this already looks like hell to me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> really glad to hear you say that because we've been wondering we were just going to be starving to death because we backed the wrong horse. But I, you know. A gold dragon wouldn't side with an empire that that, that sorted with 
abominations or demons or creatures from. Yeah. Well, dragons are good, right? They're, they wouldn't do, willingly do anything wrong. And if there's a gold dragon supporting the Empire of Drekus, then... I don't know what Mother Elise is up to. She was really agitated. I think... I think she's the one who started the mutiny. Is there any chance any of the other sailors have overheard something, maybe had some contact with anybody from the other crew and would have more insight overheard something maybe you know i'm i'm not mad if your soldiers listening on to any talks i'm not here to judge you people i'm just here to find out more about the people who actually deserted us you you can ask the others but we, we we've had nothing but each other for 45 days we've talked it to death a hundred times over i'd be surprised uh. if anyone was holding anything out I agree with you. I think it is strange that a cleric of Mathis would act like this, but on the other hand, war brings out the strangest traits in people. I've seen a few things in the city in my time, and I can tell you that perfectly sane people will lose their mind and their temper when it comes to facing death, you know? So, um, where's your ship? Well, our ship has, uh, dropped us here, dropped us off, and they will return in 24 days to pick up us up in our camp, and until then we need to figure out what exactly happened to Mother Elise and the others. Well, they were mad, and they they tried to mutiny, and they, they killed most of the mercenaries, and they ended up here. Yeah, and I do believe your word, but I also think these people need to be punished for the situation and the pain that they brought to you. And for, I like, nod over to where the captain is in attendance, and what they do to good, honest people that just try to be loyal and, you know, do the best for their for their motherland. You can't just have that go unpunished. Well, if it helps, we can see a, a light up on the mountains at night, and I, I think it's there during the day, too. Uh, something, there's something on the near the top of the mountain um, illuminates the southeast quarter quadrant uh, every night even in a blizzard you can still see a little bit of the the flickering light out there would you be able to see that light if you were well you were on a ship right do you think it's some kind of beacon similar to to a lighthouse A light that you could the see lighthouse in stoneport and that that's a good beacon this ain't anything like that this looks more like um, just a fire, like a you know primitive beacon. Right. So we've had one intruder come to our camp. 
and they were emaciated and they had a short sword um and they didn't look particularly well you were not missing any people that left from your boat and came to shore by themselves shakes his head uh, during the second fight bout of fighting we tried to help the soldiers thought the mercenaries were and they're foreigners right there they're Salamese the, the knights were arresting them but in the fighting a bunch of sailors got stabbed uh, didn't make it through five of us are all that's left none of, none of us went with them so just so I understand it correctly there were Solomir's people and Drakisian people that left together. Is that correct? The mercenaries were Solomir's hired mercenaries. Yeah, from across the sea. Um, the, the the soldiers and knights were all Drakisian. But the, I mean, they still joined in, though. They still left with the hired mercenaries, yeah? The ones that survived? Well, at sword point, but- yeah. I don't know if they had much of a choice. How many would you say were held at sword point? I think about 10 of them made it out of the original 30 or so. Um, and maybe 20 of the Drakisian soldiers and two of the knights. Cleric. So 20 Drakisian soldiers, two young knights, but he doesn't know who of them were mercenaries and how many were soldiers? Like proper oh, no, 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 Drakisians? No. 20 Drakisian Zeroth level conscript soldiers, 10 mm-hmm. second level Solomese mercenaries, okay. and, and two fourth level two... Drakisian knights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they stripped the mercenaries of their arms and armor before they went ashore. They're all back in the, <clears throat> on the, the wreckage of the Alma. Right. Okay. And I... You didn't see where they went, but we only have that light upon the mountain that we can... Well, every now and then establish you, as a base. Every now and then we can see a little bit of movement on shore. As I said, you know, we've been floating in a gyre around this island, so we've seen it from all different sides, and occasionally we'll... <laughs> We'll see some movement on the ground, but uh, consistently, whenever we're on the, the south or east side, we can see the light from the, the mountaintop at night. Uh, Neil, you know, just so I look, I'll look at the map. We haven't been to the southern east side, right? We have been like uh, northwest-ish and like middle west-ish, but we actually haven't been all the way to the southern east. Yeah, right? this is where your camp is. Um, mm-hmm. And down here is where you saw the the ship, like off of this coast here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, during the nighttime you can't see this this quadrant, um, but mm-hmm. from here apparently, down here at least they can see it. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed anything else? Anything peculiar while you were going around the island? 
this really big bird lives on the next island over comes by every oh. now and then it's oh, yeah. it's huge looks like you could pick up an elephant it probably can but okay. you know we, we see it circle sometimes see it dive down into the water sometimes um I haven't seen it land on this island. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does it stick to a certain... Like, do you always spot it in the same area, or does it, you know, turn up anywhere around the island? Uh, you know, you, it comes out of the clouds, you see it for a little while, it, it disappears again. I don't know. All right. Well, let's hope it finds enough fish to... or other animals to stay entertained. I've seen a giant polar bear can go for that one for all I care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Steve. You've been more than helpful. Steve will go back and chill. And we're going to take our second break. And when we come back, we'll see what the party is up to. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rise of Drekus. Our party has a better idea of what's going on. It appears that um, there indeed was a mutiny, and the cleric was indeed involved, and maybe the mercenaries aren't the bad guys? Maybe it's the Drekusian sword? Were we expecting this? Does this track with what you were thinking internally? I know you had been told by the officers and um, all the other Drakissian higher-ups that, of course, the mercenaries are the reason that there were problems. And now this... Now Steve has told you that it might be the other way around. Is that... Is Steve more trustworthy uh, than, you know, Richard... What's his name? Richard Marshall and uh, the other Drakissian commanders and nobility? Well, you can be inherently a good person and then still succumb to someone who is, like, powerful in a situation of despair, you know? Mm. It's a very tricky situation, I feel. I'm very confused and unhappy with what is going on with this cleric of Mathis who's supposed to be knowledgeable and is, I mean, I figured she was abducted and dragged away, you know, from, uh, like, like by these Solemnese people, but it looks like she spearheaded this mission they are on. And she was like against landing and now she's taken them away and led them apparently to the top of the mountain. So, um, I'm not sure what is going on, but that doesn't sound like a, I want to say, simple uh, deserters mission. You know, that there seems to be something else here. Mm -hmm. um, very strange. Okay. Very strange. Well, you're in charge. Um, what are you going to do? Um, I will... 
I mean, we don't have to roleplay through it, but I will question all the sailors, and I'll also question the captain in case he's up for it. And I will try to figure out if there's anybody who, who's overheard anything more, like any conversation um, that the others might have missed. And um, if they can tell me what they were offered for leaving the boat. Like, if anybody has an idea what the next step is, if there's any plan that's unfolding, um, or if they're just like, oh, we're just going to the mountaintop and then we'll see what happens. Or if they were like, well, if you come with us, then, you know, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> it sounds like a lot of the mercenaries were killed in the fighting. Um, that when it came time to assemble for the day to get onto Whiteshore, the soldiers showed up in their chainmail and their armor and their spears and like lined up on the decks and the mercenaries um, didn't care wear their armor on, on the deck because like, why would you, if you're going to be put on a small mm -hmm. boat between sea and land, why would you wear your armor so you could die? And so when it came time to for fighting between the two groups, the, the mercenaries were cut down pretty fast. Um, after that, you know, ship tried to turn around, head back. A little bit of a scuffle. More deaths across the board. And um, at the end of the day, once everyone got trapped on ice flows and was circling the island, uh, the cleric made the very good point that deserters are dealt the death penalty. And you're all deserters now, whether you like it or not. You'd better join us. Um, otherwise, you're just going to sit and float around this island forever on this broken ship, and uh, you can just die that way, like the sailors who don't want to come with us. So join us on shore. I'm a cleric of the god of knowledge. We'll be fine. Trust me, I have a plan. We'll get you back to Solemn. I promise. And that's what everyone else has sort of overheard. At least... You know, they could talk to you for hours. They could talk to you for days about things that they've overheard. So I'm giving you sort of like the, the cliff notes that they think might be important. But if you let them talk at you, we could sit here for another two hours and could tell you every mm -hmm. little detail. Um, mm -hmm. so what do you want to know? Anything else? Okay. Did they have the impression that people especially the soldiers were not surprised at all you said they were all up there in their armor and everything so they didn't seem to be surprised when the kerfuffle and everything went down correct no tensions were already pretty high between the two groups yeah did anybody overhear why they didn't want to land uh in in on at whiteshore not at the time but afterwards the cleric really tried to convert the sailors, apparently. She made these sweeping statements about the queen working with demons, um, conversing with monsters, dealing with sort of dark and evil forces, and that the, the goodly Drakissian kingdom was quickly turning into an evil empire, and that didn't want to be party to the upcoming terrors and horrors. It'd be better to leave now. That's... That was her pitch, in a nutshell. 
Neil, how is Solom doing these days? You know, I'm a little quick. bit distracted with this uh, this big war that's been happening in Arcadia. Little tiny bits of information have come back. It appears that there is a, you know, Solemn has also been engaged in a rather large war. Solemn's is like huge continent to the east. And the, it's been engaged in a pretty big war. Um, the largest force out there and the force that is, you know, closest to Arcadia is this newly fermented, fermented, not fermented, fermented kingdom or empire uh, that sort of is banded together under the flag of Vorasi, the goddess of their death and destruction and guiding you to the afterlife, sort of the opposite of Martha, goddess of um, life and creation. Vorasi's a little the complicated character. You know, she's like the Grim Reaper who helps you get from one side to the other. Um, so she's not necessarily an evil god, but hers is the domain of death and moving from one world to the other. Um, not bad, but she does deal with some pretty heavy issues. That's what you know about Solemn right now. Big Empire, not a lot of contact with them. Except for sometimes cons like signing contracts with people, with mercenaries to work for our army, yeah. I guess. Occasionally, you know, there's a little bit of commerce back and forth. <clears throat> Um, and the Drakissian army is understaffed and overstretched. They've lost a lot of people, and now they control two and a half times the territory. So, banning all of the positions is hard. That's why you—that's the reason—that's the the reason that you haven't been able to get the clerics and the medics and the trackers that you wanted. Is just the number of available people are minimal, and you get what there is room for. Right. Okay. So, um, I know the weather is very challenging and a little bit random on this island. But have any of the sailors gotten a like slight grasp on what the sky looks like before like a snowstorm hits, or is anybody like better at you know figuring out what how the weather works or what the patterns are like since I've been here for like two months? Because if we set out to the mountain, I don't want to go there and be hit by a sleet storm, you know, right. after four hours. Well, sadly, weather prediction in this age is shit. Um, in the real world, it wasn't until the 1950s that the very first weather prediction techniques were started, and those were still absolute shit. And it wasn't until like the 70s or the 80s that you had like some level of weather prediction. And it wasn't until like the late 80s, early 90s that you had like reasonable predictions. And it wasn't until the early 2000s um, that you had like reliable weather predictions. So in this time, best weather prediction you can do is to look at the sky and make a good guess. And if the clouds are dark, it's generally bad, and if they're light, it's generally not as bad. But there's not really any method of, of okay. solid Let me prediction. ask differently. What huh? was the longest snowstorm they've experienced? Four days. Okay. Right, um... 
Okay, I don't think there's anything else I can get out of them that I need right now. Okay. Um... I mean, we can medically tend to the captain, but it's not going to get any better. You know, we can try all sorts of things, but with the sepsis going on, there's not there's nothing to cut off of him. Like it's not like it's just his arm or anything, so he's just going to slowly die. I figure. Yes. Now, if you had a cleric, uh, cure light wounds or cure disease. Uh, in theory, this person's life could be saved. You'd probably need both cure light wounds and cure disease. But you are a fighter, and you don't know what spells this cleric has access to that's on this island, and you don't know if they would ever work with you, and you... Yeah. So, there's a long shot that maybe... Maybe you could convince this cleric to save this, this sea captain's life. Or maybe I mean, if she could have. Was... She could have saved him if she wanted to. You know, right. like there was, they left them alive. Okay, they are stranded on this ice thing. Okay, she's not obliged to do it, but let's think she's a really good person who actually believes. Okay, the queen is evil and everything she does is wrong, and she needs to lead these people to safety. That is still not a reason to let this man die on that boat. You know? Yep. Like, you can say, okay, I'm very sorry. You guys disagree with me. We are leaving. Best of luck to you, you know? But then you still don't have to let that guy die there with his huge gashing wound. You know, there's a there's a way in between. So I don't think uh, she's um, very easily convinced to help this man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. You can you can help your enemies if they're not the worst enemies. That is a thing. Yep. Okay, so I think we'll need to plan how to set out and close in on the location on that mountain. How many people mm -hmm. are you going to take with you to the mountain? Are you going to take the yeah, whole not... troop? Are you going to take a smaller section? I'm not happy with this part at all whatsoever. The problem is... We are not mountaineers either, which is great. So we've seen this scout who left towards the mountain, apparently. But as I understood it, they left towards like with like up on a path, not a way that we would climb up with like, you know, 20 people or something, but more like single handedly hike up there. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, would there be a better way to get up the mountain that is not that steep hill? And there has to be, because somehow they all managed to get up. Right? They left with, like, uh, what, 30 people or something, more than 30. So they had to get up there, and I doubt it was a very narrow mountain path that other guy took. So I think we need to, to find a way to get up the mountain, which uh, will let us bring more people there. We okay. still need enough people in the camp so that taking the camp is a risk, right? right? So that we don't leave with with like 15 people and there's enough people left that they think, okay, we're going down there, we're going to attack the camp. Right. <clears throat> so a substantial problem. I think there needs to be at least one platoon in camp, at least. 
but you're gonna take the uh -huh. other two platoons and death ball them up the mountain. Um, I want to take twelve. I think we'll take twelve people. Okay. Well, you do know at least the start of a path up there. That path has probably been, you know, uh, the trail is gone cold by now, but you can at least find the start of it again, and it's probably pretty straightforward. Um, and there might be other routes. Who knows? So, why don't you produce yourself the the two groups that you want to take? Um, we'll just you know. Um, let me have a look at my uh, people real quick. Yeah, let's. Um, Willa has pretty good perception, so she can come with. Um, Willa will come. We'll put her in charge of one of the platoons. Be heading out. Uh, which of the lieutenant, not lieutenants, um, sergeants do you want to stay behind? Look at Carl again. Strong, strong boy. Bad perception, not very smart. Is he charismatic? A little bit charismatic. He'll stay in the. Yeah, he'll he'll do the right thing and he'll stay in camp. So I want Carl to stay behind. I'm taking Gregor and Willa. Um, and I then. Four bow people and the. Are the the um, are coming. The. From the sailors, none of them are fit enough to make a trip, right? None of them are soldiers. None of them are warriors. They have no fighting ability, no weapons, no armor. Um, they're not in great condition, but they could probably march up a mountain if you pushed them. Okay, but they could keep watch if they had to. Yeah. In camp. Okay, well, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll leave them in camp, and I will take uh, the rest. All spearmen, I guess. So what is that? So we're leaving four five sailors spearmen? behind. Or five sailors behind. Uh, and you are leaving... How many spearmen did you say you were leaving behind? Uh, we're taking... Sorry, I said we're taking 12 people total. That's me, the two officers. And then there are like nine more people. Of the nine people, three are bowmen, six are spearmen. You're bowmen, six are spearmen. <clears throat> okay, three bowmen, six spearmen, two NCOs, and then everybody else is staying behind. Yes. Yeah. Numbers just barely do not fit into my neat little squares. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Okay, and how are we getting up the mountain? Are we going the uh, the trail that we know? or that we've seen the start of? So the... In which direction did the uh, group leave when they left the people on the boat behind? Um, well, they weren't at this point when they left the people yeah, on the boat Yeah, they were in behind. the south. They're, yeah, but, like, still, they were in the south. The They left east, the iceberg right? boat when it was near the peninsula. Um that the, the boat has been stuck on this iceberg going around the island over and over again and when the mm -hmm. it got stuck on the iceberg and everyone left they were near the peninsula 
And so they took the boats, moved a bunch of gear and supplies and people onto the peninsula, and that was the last they'd been seen of, except for, you know, appearing up on the mountain. Well, I assume since you can see the light from the southern east part of the island, right? That's where you can spot the light, that these people from up there have a good vantage point to look out for anything around the southern eastern mm-hmm. area. So I don't want to go up the mountain anywhere here because I don't want to be immediately spotted. Mm-hmm. But they also do know like that we saw that person going up that pathway, right? So yeah, I don't they... think it would be very smart to just trudge up there. Um, ideally, they have set up some people to wait to see if we come up there and they have split themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be smarter to try to find a different way that is somewhere... I mean, I've seen the mountain from different from different um, angles, so where I want to go up shouldn't be too snowy, because if it's super snowy, then there's a chance of ravines, I guess. Mm-hmm. What do I know, right? What do you know? But I also don't want to exactly take this path that we've just taken. So I think we would go to the to the south and try to find if there's any way up the mountain from like here. Okay. Alrighty. And the party sets off. Is there anything that you want to take other than your normal supplies? Are you taking multiple days of rations? Did you want to bring I think we have to. Or... I think we might have to take some tents this time. I think we might not get around it because that might take longer than a day. Uh, so we're taking 12 people and... How many people fit in a tent? Four, you Four. said? yeah. So we'll They'll take three tents. Three tents, okay. Um, and can we take something to make fire as well? Firewood? Uh, well, you can, like that? you can chop down trees or pull out dead wood that you come along the way. Hauling firewood with you has like a, a huge weight in practicality. You'd be okay, no, if you say if you say we can light that fire like that board, that's fine by me. But if it's like everything is wet and cold and you can't, you know, I mean, we've been here for six days. I figure we know some way to. Yeah, it's just a least. slow process, right? You don't like immediately start it going, but you've got your tinderbox and it <sighs> takes some time. And you, it, you know, it's a process. You need to give yourself mm-hmm. lots of time at the end of the day or before you want your fire to get going. But it can be done. Okay, um, we'll take um to we'll take. Three wood axes, three hatches, uh, two shovels, and a, a pickaxe as well. I want to take the pickaxe. Just I don't know. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh... And a hundred feet of rope. <laughs> okay. These... We're going mountaineering. These tents weigh 15 pounds each, so if you're taking three of them, um, the bowmen can carry the tents without gaining any encumbrance, and that you're taking three bowmen, so in three tents, so that's fine. Uh, and then you wanted to take. Your spearmen can carry six pounds before they hit, before they, you know, they, they've reached the next level of encumbrance. Um, your wood axes, each person can carry like one axe, 
What else did you want? Rope is eight pounds, I believe. Rope is eight pounds, but you're taking Gregor and Willa, is it? Yep. Um, so Gregor can definitely take a bunch more gear. He can take another 29 pounds. And Willa can take a lot more than that. Um, so yeah, I think between Willa and Gregor, you can add in the... What was it? How many axes did you say? Uh, three, three, three. Three axes, three hatchets. Three axes, three hatchets. Uh, you said some one hundred feet of rope. Okay, two sets feet. of ropes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, one pickaxe. And I think we should take one first aid kit as well. Yeah, and some bandages with that, I assume. Yes. Um, you have fifty. How many you want to take? Just at a. You only have 12 I'll people. Take, so I'll um, and take eight. I'll take eight. All right, perfect. And you said some tinderboxes. Yes. All righty. I have one no lanterns, no torches, no oil flasks. Um, we have lanterns and we have torches, right? Let me yep. check. Lanterns um, are heavier, um, but they produce better light. Torches are lighter, uh, but their light is not as good. And they are refillable as well, or no? Yes. No torches. Okay, I'll take two torches then. Excellent. Extra torches. I already have one. And some oil for them as well. Alright. Uh, how heavy is an oil flask? Not too heavy, I hope. I think it is a pound. One pound. All right. All right. So we got a lot of gear, and it's just going to be distributed across all your people. We're not going to bother, you know, doling it out specifically. And it's time to head up this mountain. You're leaving Carl in charge of everyone else. Yes. Yes. Any last minute him... instructions for Carl? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell him I said, Carl, you've done really well so far. Okay. Um... Make sure you defend the camp as valiantly as you can. No huge excursion outside of the camp. Okay? No tracking down big animals. Um, anybody who comes into the camp, you who's like, you know, like the guy who came came in here half frozen, uh, you shoot them on site. Aye, aye. All right. <clears throat> um... Otherwise, try to keep uh, keep morale high, and um, you know, make sure the sailors feel taken care of. Um, and to be clear, we're heading out on the same day that we got back from the ship, or are we going to wait until sunup the next day? Because it's already you know part way through the day by now. Do I get one HP back in the if I uh, get out tomorrow? <laughs> you to get it. HP back, you need to have a day of rest. And every time you go hiking through the snow, it prevents you from getting any right. rest. Alright. Um, no, it's fine. Then we're, I mean, I... No, we're going... Wait, hold up. What time is it? Again? Sorry? It's a little bit afternoon. 
Okay, let's rest up and go tomorrow morning bright and early then. Okay. And everyone is taking with them two days of food or three days of food or four days of food? Um, let me do the neat little supply check. Now three days. We'll take three days of food. Better person. I'm going to put it on mine as well. Um, you can still fit all your gear, but it's going to have to be disassembled. Like, the tent, instead of being one big kit, now some archers are going to have to carry parts of, like, your, the gear is going to have to be a little bit more spread out amongst the party. Um, so it's not so much like this person has a full tent. It's like these three people are each carrying part of a tent set up. Um, but that's fine. It can still work. But if anyone falls off the mountain, like, they might have part of an integral thing with them right a, which is why up. we're looking for for an okay mountain path and not taking the steep one person path all righty well the party sets off and it's a happy easy party uh, you said we're leaving the next day so we will eat one set of rations on this day and um day seven Now, you've already been injured leading the party yourself. Who is in the front of this this journey towards the mountain to find a way up? I think we'll have Willa in front. Her perception is pretty good. She has a bow. Great. Have um, Willa make me a perception check, please. A 22 is great. That's solid. Yeah. You head out. You get to that same icy river that you'd seen before. Um, you're looking for a different way up, a better way up. You cross the river, and with that 22, Willa will find something. It's not actually the direction that you were heading. It's like a, a little bit... How should I say? You're circling around the mountain, and it is away from the mountain that Willa will spot another set of ruins. I'm just going to copy these things. And we're going to come on over here. This map. Put the party here. Um, you will be coming from the, the top of this map in. Um, and Willa will have spotted one of these walls and brought the party over here. This looks like another section of ruined encampments, except unlike the last one, which looked like it was abandoned mid-construction, this looks like it had small stone walls that were finished, and then everything else was a wooden section that has um, been destroyed or decayed or hauled off or used or something. Um, but this looks like the remains of a small outpost with, what, five buildings? Okay, can we look through the ruins here? Yeah. Like, search the ruins for anything, really. You can find clear signs of um, 
what used to be the superstructure of these, like a rooftop beam, cross beams. You can see like where the wood has been notched to fit in with other wood because nails are big and heavy and expensive because it's not like the modern era. Um, and sometimes it's easier just to join wood with good woodworking rather than to nail everything together. They definitely don't have screws. So it, there's clear signs of intentional construction that was once upon a time finished, but has since been destroyed or dismantled. It's hard to tell the age. Um, you don't see any metal bits left behind. That could mean that it's either been picked over by people looting it or that it was intentionally abandoned and all the valuable things were pulled out and taken with you. There's no sign of food. Um, there's no sign of... I mean, the, of much there is like some desks and what looks like it would have been the posts of a very large bed um there's you know an old broken down door over here but no hinges um what looks like a, it was a pair of shutters some floorboards roofing material okay if we um if the part the part that still have has uh, floorboards, right? If I tap on it with my foot, does it sound hollow or is it all solid? You can, you can go tapping around, kicking away snow and dirt and dust, and it sounds pretty solid. You'll locate a couple areas that seem hollow. Okay, if I uh, lift one of the floorboards where it sounds hollow. Is there anything underneath or is it just rotten away and that's why it sounds like this? It's just uneven ground underneath. Yeah. Okay. If we scout around this area, like the the vicinity here, is there a place that could have been like, gra like a graveyard or something similar? Hmm. No, you don't see any grave markings anywhere here. Uh, but would you make me... Would you make me a perception check for yourself, for Willa, and for... Is this Gregor? Yeah, Gregor. Yes. Okay, myself is not very great. That's an 11. Um, yep. Willa that can't be right. Is... You don't roll d20 plus 0 for perception. No, I don't. I don't know what it rolled, though. Oh, I'll figure it out. I'll do Willa first, because I've already have open. Willa's a 31. Look at that woman go. Um, Carl... No, sorry. Carl is in camp. He's he's vibing. Gregor. Gregor has a eleven, Ooh. which is not great. Yeah. And my perception is plus. Hold up. It's a lot of people to go through. Yeah, your perception is eleven. You should be rolling d twenty plus yes. eleven. What happened? So it would be 22 then, right? Because it rolled a 20, so it would be yeah. 22. Okay, these are these are working now. I don't know why. I've, I have no idea what it did. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, so with your 22 and uh, Willa's 31, which is a fantastic perception check, you can see that on that mountainside, there is what appears to be a like a switchback trail um, that is a little bit wider than what you were going up before, what appeared to be some sort of like clambering route. But the switchback trail is further to the east 
it would be well within sight of whatever um, light source you expect would be. I mean, I don't know. You're in the woods, but there's a trail up on the mountain that you can see. You don't know where the entrance is, but it is more on the the southeastern side. Right now, you're on the, the southern side. But it would be possible to try to take that and see if there's any way leading further away, right? Mm -hmm. that, I mean, it, there might be a crossing at some point that gives me the opportunity to go further to the west instead of the east. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we will try that, because the only alternative would be to try going all the way around and then explore the northwest and hope that something is happening there, but if I remember correctly, the southern side is also the side that has the least snow on it, so... Yeah, I think we'll take that as a compromise and try to steer to the western side of the mountain at least a little bit, so we don't run straight towards the light. Don't go into the light! Alright. You head towards the mountain. Can you roll me a D100, please? Oh, I love those, Neo. Is mm -hmm. low good or bad? Oh, no, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell, I didn't ask. 1d100, there we go. Nine? Roll me a d6. <laughs> I'm so tired of your hurricane steel. <laughs> oh my god. These are great rolls, by the way. Roll... Me? It's it's fine. Don't don't sweat it. All right. I'm not sweating. It's super cold here, so. Yeah. You head towards the mountain. You've got this group of people with you. You have an idea of where this switchback is, at least on the mountain. It's hard to tell where it goes. You know, the trees and all the snow makes it hard to find in places. Um, and it, it generally is on the, like, the southeastern side, but you're heading towards the mountain and trying to head back towards the, the west side, as I understand it. Um, let me bring back our map, our, our rudimentary map over here. Um, because the, the party, your camp is already on the west side, right? And so you've come down over here to see this, this old outpost, this old set of buildings. And there's a switchback somewhere over here. And so now you're heading back towards the mountain and back towards camp to try and find a way up the mountain. Right? Uh, I just want to be clear. Yep. Yeah. yep, I believe so, yeah. Alrighty. Um, give me an intelligence check. Self. Ah, oh, yeah. 28. This is great. You find... When one starts to climb a random mountain, you never really know how it's going to go. You need to, like, start making your way up before you have an idea if this is going to work. If it's a bare mountainside and good vision, uh, maybe you could, like, scout a path out ahead of time, but especially if it's forested and snow-covered, you sort of just have to brute force it and try a path and if it doesn't work out try another path if it doesn't work out try another path well you start on one of these paths after a few attempts to turn back um, and it starts to work out and maybe an hour into it so we're now like in the midday you recognize part of the trail this is that same path that you were beginning to follow up earlier 
um, before you realized that this wasn't the way you wanted to go and you turned back, back on like day three or something. Um, this route that you're taking has has brought you back to that other pathway up the mountain that, that you were following a trail of, that you know goes up, but is sort of narrow and has some scramble points. And with 12 people, you can absolutely do this, but with them all being moderately encumbered, it's definitely going to be slow going. When you get to the scramble points, everyone's going to have to stop packs get passed across, then people get passed across, and then the next person in pack, like, it's gonna be a slow climb, and there might not be any thoughts for setting up tents until you get all the way to the top. And you're around midday, a little after midday, maybe like two or three in the afternoon. Um, but that's where you are. That's what your 28 on your intelligence check tells you. You could go up. Maybe you can get all the way up. Maybe there will be a cave. Maybe there will be a flat spot. Um, you can find another route. You could go and sleep nearby so you can do this very, very early the next morning. A lot of decision-making. If we were to go back to the broader side where the switchback is, how long how long did it take us to travel from there? Um, to to where the switchback, like the big switchback that you could see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't know where that starts. You can see it coming down the mountain, but you can't tell where the beginning of that is. You'd you'd have to spend some time looking for it. Now, granted. The island, as we mentioned before, is only really like five miles across here. And so if you and your people were just to like walk around the base of the mountain, you could probably get to the far side by the end of the day if conditions held. I feel like there's really no good way to go about this without knowing much about mountaineering. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to make the most reasonable choice that I have right now, which would be to go back to where that settlement mm -hmm. was that we've just found and go up the broadside. Mm -hmm. I mean, they might see us, but we might also see them. And I feel like scrambling up a very narrow path where somebody walked up who knows we've yeah. seen them. Yeah. is just not a smart idea and i'm worried about going up a mountain and when you the path is very narrow people can very easily drop stuff on you from there yeah. you know like that would be very easy to do so i'm i'm a little bit worried about that and i'd rather take the broader path even if it means being discovered maybe more easily so i guess we'll uh, revise that decision excellent well you get back to the settlement and then you're gonna follow in the direction that you hope it will lead you to path um i'm gonna make a just roll me another d100 uh tw d20 high is good low is not bad but not great you know d20 die roll is 18, 18. oh excellent roll <laughs> yes um very quickly through the woods you will find a well-worn i mean not well-worn but a recently worn trail um, it heads towards the mountain, like you're kind of intersecting it like a T intersection. 
um, one side of it heads definitely straight towards the mounted, and the other side heads straight to the west, towards the sea. Although any direction that is not towards the mountain is towards the sea, technically. Um, but it is a recent trail, and considering that there was a big snowfall two nights ago, um, it's recent. All right. And that's the only way up the mountain that I can see here, right? There are no smaller paths leading away from it, but they all go from there. Mm, for now, yes. Yes, from your current positioning, there's this recently stomped snow that looks like it is heading towards that mountain pass. That's a, a pretty good assumption. I mean, in theory, it could be headed towards something else near the mountain. Like, maybe there's another cave at the base of the mountain. This trail leads to that and not to the switchback. Or maybe there's a you know, a secret city buried under the snow, or some crazy person who thinks that you could build an entire civilization underground, um, or, or, you know, a magical rope that dangles out of a, a pocket dimension. You don't, you don't really know where it goes, but towards the mountains, probably towards the switchback. Right, okay, I'll head towards the mountains with uh, my people. I'll also take note if there are any caves or anything, mm -hmm. uh, just in case we need to take shelter from a blizzard, or, you know... Something like that. I want to have a, have an eye out for that. The <clears throat> progress begins to go uphill. There's some gentle slopes. And as the sun is getting lower in the sky, it's a slow going through all this. And you're getting on towards evening. You hit the part where you're pretty reasonably, you could say that like, this is the real start of the mountain here. Like we've gone up a hill and sort of down a little bit. And then it was flat. And we went up another hill and it's kind of flat. And now... Here is like a more narrow path that's only like three feet wide that begins to head up the mountain. Um, but it's later in the afternoon. This is a, a great spot to stop and make camp for the night and start up the mountain the next day. Or who knows, maybe you could get a little ways up that mountain before anything bad goes down. I mean, if I look up the mountainside, does it look like the terrain changes at all the higher we get like does it get more rough i mean the, you said the path is getting more narrow so has it been mm -hmm. like there have been more broader spaces as we went up they went became yeah. smaller and smaller right now it looks like you're just sort of walking over like hills that have trees and the occasional rock and lots of snow but the part before you that you're seeing actually has like a narrow pathway that goes at like a, a higher angle um, instead right. of just like walking towards something on a trail, there's like you can... clearly defined. You can only really walk on this section, um, and it looks like it's about three feet wide here, which is a, a very reasonable hiking trail. Um, okay. And it could get wider, it could get more narrow, but the path that you're on definitely starts marching up the mountain this way. Okay. Um, have we been walking through footsteps the entire time? Since you've come people? across this trail, you have been walking along the trail. Can I estimate how long it would take to get up the mountain? I have no idea, right? Because it depends no how zigzag the path is. Yeah. Um, mountain is about I don't know, a kilometer high or so. If it were a nice, dry, warm day with an easy trail and no snow, um, 
you know, that, that could take you three to four hours, probably two to three hours, you know, depending on stuffs with all of your From gear holding you down. in the entirety? From here to the top of the mountain, if it was like good conditions and you weren't encumbered, it would take you maybe an hour or two to climb up. But with encumbrance, um, you got to double that. And with snow, you got to add more time to that. And maybe the path is easy. Maybe the path is hard. So um, a pessimistic view is that it could take you a day. An optimistic view is that it could take you a half day. Okay. Could I advise, not advise, but command people to set up camp here. Take Willa uh, and Gregor. No, not Willa and Gregor, sorry. Take Willa and just the two of us, I guess, for now. And still head like... A little bit further out, just the two of us. The two of you do a little um, scouting. Do a little scouting ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's to see great. what it's like. That's a great idea. Roll me a d10. Six. Oh, lucky day, Faye. Lucky day. You head up to the mountain, the two of you, and you begin to crunch, crunch, crunch your way through the snow. Right, it's already cold, the path is clear before you, and as you crunch, crunch, crunching through the snow, you hear the sound of like something, like a, a rock tumbling against another rock, and the two of you stop, like you do when you hear weird sounds in the woods, and you pause, and then you notice like a little, um, a little bit of movement in the trees, up the, the path a little bit, being the, the seasoned, well, maybe not seasoned, but the trained warriors that you are, you uh, take a little bit of cover, and then you notice there is a, a person coming down the trail in front of you, uh, carrying a spear over their shoulder, and it's the spear that is like occasionally bumping into a branch and causing some some snow to fall. Um, and it is uh, a single soldier coming down the mountain, no armor, spear over their shoulder, haven't <clears> noticed <throat> you. But they're gonna pretty soon. All right. Is there a way to try to ambush this guy? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, we're gonna lay low somewhere. I mean, there are there are trees nearby, right? So I'm I'm going to tell tell Willa to to lay low. She knows that my command before that I said we need to try and capture if we ever encounter somebody out here. We need to try mm -hmm. and capture them. So that should be fine. Um. Alrighty. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back from our short break, we will see what happens in this encounter. Catch you on the other side of a break. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are in... ...situation. Down on the mountain, in an unarmored... But armed soldier, he's got a spear. Our party is perched just below. The, the good cover you could find is just below the, the mountain area. And this soldier is walking on down. Um, you're a little bit further away from the rest of your camp. Maybe 20 minutes. 15 minutes, something like that. So there's no reinforcements for you. So far, you think it's just this one person. So... Have the... All right. Um, 
Is it possible for me to step out here and shield rush that guy? Yes. Coming down the mountain, and he gets to a point where you think it's a good idea to step out and... Well, let's take a look at... Shield rush have a specific distance? Uh, I believe... Let me look. I believe it's 10 feet. Yep, 10 but feet. You need... Running room to make an effective shield rush. Create as a charge attack for purposes of guarding characters with set spears. When you make a shield rush, you make a normal attack against the enemy's AC. Some shields may provide modifiers or bonuses to the rush. Refer to chapter 7. After the shield has been used for a rush, it provides no AC bonus for the rest of the round for its bearer. Making a shield rush also costs the character a normal attack, but isn't considered an offhand weapon like a shield punch. This will be your only attack for the round. If the shield bearer hits with his attack, he may make an opposed strength roll against his opponent to see if he knocks him down. The loser of the roll falls down. If both characters fail their strength rolls, they both fall down. Um, and you're going to get a bonus of That's three, three because the enemy is <laughs> unaware. Um, is there, a, I don't know, is there a way to non-lethal this? I like, I don't want to shield rush him and kill him at the same time. Is there a way to do that? Well, shield rush does d6 damage. Um, <laughs> there are non-lethal attacks, but that's not, not a shield rush. Um, I think to attack non-lethally, let's open the book. Pretty certain... Weapons and da 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 Possible to make an armed attack without causing serious damage. It's not as easy as it sounds. You have to have a weapon that enables you to control the damage. Can't do it with an arrow or a sling, or a hammer or a mace, but you could do it with a sword or an axe. You hit him with the side of the blade. Excuse me. Um, secondly, you have a penalty of 40 your attack roll, and you do half damage, or 50% normal, one half the temporary. So if you were to make a sword attack at minus 4, then instead of doing d8 plus 2, it would be doing, uh... Wait, damage from such attack is 50% normal. So I think we just re divide by 2... And then we have one half of that would be temporary. So if you roll up eight on your D8, you'd be doing 10 damage divided by two would be five damage. And half of that five would be temporary. So you would do two damage and two temporary damage. It would definitely be less damage than if I shield rush them because shield rush would be plus my strength as well, right? Yes, your shield rushes. Oh, you have 17 strength, right? <clears throat> no, 16. No, oh, I wish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the shield rush will definitely do d6 plus 1, all real damage. If you make an unarmed attack, you could try to do it non-lethally, um, and then you would definitely do less damage. The shield okay, rush... Okay, I'll try it without the shield rush then. I don't want to accidentally kill that person. Alright, so popping out from around. This person is surprised. You have a bonus of 1? Okay. Our combat settings day attack modifiers uh ac modifier surprise you have a bonus of one against them because he is surprised 
and you're at minus four in order to non-lethally smack him with the side of the blade. So let's mm. see it. All right. With the arming sword, trying ah. to pummel that person. Yes. 13. 13 that is minus, minus how much do I have? Is That's nine, missed, then. But their AC is reduced by one, one because he's oh. surprised. Which is 10. exactly it's what literally it's exactly the exact it. number that you needed. <laughs> All, right. Uh, All right, damage, I guess. Uh, yeah, just roll your regular damage with your arming sword. Oh, very good. No, this damage should actually be three because you have a strength bonus. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm encumbered. So that just changes right. the hit, not get... the damage. Oh, never mind. Uh, so you will do five damage. I've updated your character sheet to account for all these things. Five damage, you're doing half of it, so two and a half. Uh, one is real and one is temporary. And wouldn't you know it, this person had two hit points. So you will bring them to one HP and then one temporary damage. Oh my goodness. Just perfectly, perfectly knock this person out without having the possibility of them bleeding out on you or anything like that. You just... Oof. You pop out of the snow. Where do, how do you hit him? You've perfect. You've done everything exactly right. You've hit all the numbers exactly where you needed. Paint me a beautiful picture of uh, how this scene plays out. This was way too fast. Way too easy. Um, yeah, I think it happens. And I think it happens um, really, really quickly. I think that person just sees, like, in the corner of their eye, they just see this large shadow. You know, like just coming up from the side and the second they turned their head they were already too slow and they just you know you just hear the clog from the from the pommel going straight into the the side of their head and just knocks them out right well they hit the ground they fall into the snow um and willa comes out a moment later being surprised pleased Willa, give me give me a hand we have to carry this guy uh, out of the way uh, the two of you can drag him off the, the path. But where are you going with him? Are so you... the thing is... I have no idea what this guy is doing. Probably patrolling. You know, just like walking up and down the mountain, making sure nothing's coming their way. If he's going missing for a substantial time, they will probably send other people down coming looking for him. Um, he wasn't walking particularly fast, though. I think we should carry him back to the other people and then try to set up a second ambush in case somebody comes looking for him. Okay. Well, it's 15, 20 minutes back to the other people who are setting up camp. Not a problem. Um, you can head <clears throat> back down in that direction. The path will get a little more narrow, but between the two of you carrying this guy, not too much of a problem. Righty. Unconscious. Um, I think he will wake up somewhere in our journey back. Yeah. 
actually it's maybe 10 minutes after you get back to the camp that's been set up where you know the tents and firewood has been chopped and um little fire is going in between the four tents the three tents you lay this guy down everyone comes to gather around and take a look at this uh scrawny half starved uh weakened soldier who's not wearing any armor or a shield and it's while everyone's gathering around looking at this person that eyes begin to flutter, begins to stir, looks up. These 12 Rakissian soldiers and knights. I'll look at him and I'll say, is it a, is it a guy? It's a guy, right? Is a <clears throat> male. Right, I'll look at him and I'll say, Welcome home, soldier. Uh, a little bit of shock and surprise. Who are you? My name is Elaine Pentelin, and uh, my brave people and I here are after a vicious cleric who apparently has brought some very innocent people under their control, luring them away from a ship and trying to establish some sort of command over them. Aha! Uh -huh. The soldier puts a hand to the side of the head where they've just been smashed with the pommel. Um, I, I apologize for this. I um, might have acted a little bit rash, you know. Tensions are pretty high. Must be the weather. Yeah, the, the cold makes you do weird things. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. So, you've been on patrol, or what were you up to? Special type of morale check. <clears throat> I'm very charismatic, which can be intimidating or charming. You know. <laughs> All right. What is your leadership bonus? Your Just plus one, I think. Plus one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reaction adjust to loyalty one. So. Oh, your reaction. Okay. Reaction adjust is actually what I meant, not loyalty. Perfect. All right. The soldier looks to you and to the others and goes, I... <sighs> Are you, you're here to, to find... Look, I don't know what you've been told, but things aren't what they seem. I'll, I'll crouch down towards them and I'll say, well... If you want to be on this side, I suggest you start talking and you talk quickly because I don't know when the next group is coming after to look after you. And you'd rather be safe here than dying up on that mountain. No, no, Let no, no. it's okay. It's, it's fine. It... The Drakissian Queen has been taken over. 
by a monster who's been mind controlled or possessed or she we need to go back rescue the queen that's where we were headed before everything went wrong and and we need to break the the curse that's on her or the, the hold that this monster has on her we've been stranded on this island we've been trying to get off <sighs> wherever your ship is we can take it and we can get back and I'm, I'm sure someone has the the ability to to remove curse or or um, oh, abjure. The uh, mother Elise said abjure could work as well. I don't know what that is, but but it sounds pretty strong. It sounds it sounds like powerful magic, and it, that could get rid of the thing that's that's gripping her mind. Right. The soldier begins to like sit up um, then if you allow them get to their feet he can get to his feet yeah I mean I take it we've taken at least his weapon you know off him but yeah. now, so what happened to the other to the other soldiers the two cows that were with you they're, they're back at our base and he jerks his thumb um, towards the east towards the sea they're, they're back at the main base I take it you've heard that we're coming. Yeah, we saw you move. I was I was headed down the mountain to tell everyone else where you were. Our, our, um, we were hoping to make contact with you. Uh, explain uh, to you what, what's going on, why we're here. Get get you to help us out. There's still time why do to you save send? Why do you send someone with a weapon to our camp if you were just trying to talk? That was a misunderstanding, <laughs> I'm sure. We we went down to take a look. We saw we saw people. We saw a boat. Jimmy, uh, Timmy, and Bobby all went down to take a look. Um, Bobby. Okay, just Bobby so said, I understand. But Bobby said that I'll cut Timmy him. went. I'll closer. cut him off. Don't worry. Okay, just so I understand correctly. Did he say the camp is down the mountain? Yep. And you were up the mountain as a lookout then? Well, that's where the signal beacon is. We're, we're hoping we're hoping to, to pick up a passing ship. No, not a Drakissian ship. That's why we, we... How many people are up at the beacon except for you? Uh, there should be six others. But the the camp is that way, and that's that's where Mother Elise is. That's where the the two knights are. Um, they'll 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 tell you. They'll explain it to you. I I look. I just a farmer. Okay, I raise pigs. That's all I do. Okay, I, I don't know anything about magic. All I know is that they sent us off to go fight some goblins in what was just a, a grinding attrition where countless people were being thrown in to a meat grinder and nobody was coming out alive. And it's in some distant land that we don't even give a shit about. And it's just, it's an endless, pointless slaughter. And it's this demon, this monster that has affected the queen's mind. The cleric will make sense on... of it. 
You're here on this island and you're all dying. Terrible. I'm so grateful to see someone who can save us. Save the empire. Save the kingdom. I just look at this soldier who's like emaciated and looks terrible and to Elaine he's clearly making no sense you know he's babbling the queen has not been taken over by some evil demon creature um even if she was you know however knowledgeable that cleric is you know no no lowish cleric is going to be tasked with such a mission because we're talking about the empress here you know one of the most important people of the world if the if the gods cared, clearly they wouldn't just put it onto some lowly cleric's shoulders to um, take care of such a mission of great importance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you really want to save one of the greatest people who've ever lived, surely mm -hmm. you would give that mission to, you know, a great, a great cleric. I've heard the queen herself has some in their family, so why this one, right? Like, clearly this is a scam and a mm -hmm. scandal and an insult to the crown itself. Mm -hmm. Um... Mm -hmm. And I think Elaine is appalled that somebody would abuse people in such a dire situation without food in such a way to put like such a bug into their ear um, and betray their own, you know, their own country. Because clearly, I mean, they've been deserting before, but. Uh, being stranded on an iceberg is also not a nice situation, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> are you trying to hide this opinion from your face? Or are you pretty transparent with your disbelief of their... their no, I think what you, what you see on Elaine's face is just grief. You know, she seems to be grief-stricken, and that could be interpreted in different ways, right? It could be, I'm disappointed in these people. Uh, it could be like, oh my god, this is such a terrible situation, right? What has befallen our great country? Like, it depends on how mad you are, how you would interpret it. Um, mm -hmm. So there are still six people up there. Okay. Um... Okay, I'll I'll tell him. I'll say okay. Don't um, don't worry about it. Um, we will we will take care of it. Okay, you just rest. You take a deep breather. Um, we will go and get your other friends from up uh, the mountain and bring them back down. And then together we can go to your uh, to your camp, and uh, you know your cleric can can talk to me and make more sense of it, just, just as you said. Give me a charisma check. Twenty-one, it's a pass. The soldier breathes a sigh of relief. And he looks back up. Hey, food. Starving. Oh, of course, you can have food, good man. I'll hand him one of my personal rations. Excellent. We're up to 31 mouths to feed. (laughs) 
Well, what are you going to do now? Well, about nighttime. It's it's fallen soon. Um, maybe maybe an hour or two. I mean, you're on the this side of the mountain is going to be you're already in like shadows, but the sun is not below the horizon. Clearly, the soldier thinks that he could get to the encampment before nightfall, otherwise he wouldn't have set out at this point. What are you going to do, Elaine? Okay, I'm going to go up the mountain. With... It'll be dark soon. Well, they have a beacon up there, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, he thought he could make it back up. And in the dark, it's a good time to ambush people you know if you're around like a large beacon you're pretty much blind in the night to anything that comes from the outside mm -hmm. and even though elaine is not good when it comes to the wilderness i think she knows a thing or two about tracking people down when it's dark through the city you know mm -hmm. so if people are in like very bright light which is beacon probably is i don't think they are going to see immediately if if you skulk through the shadows because they're going to be pretty blind from there Right. The two of you, or is it just no? You? Oh, Jesus Christ! No. How many people are going uh, up this mountain? Well, we are currently twelve. Uh, there are six people up there. Um, so we're taking six. It's gonna be me, Willa. Um, I don't think archers are going to do much good up there, but. Uh, me, Willa, three spearmen, and one bow person. All right, Elaine, Willa, three spearmen, one bowman. Going up the mountain. Do a, a quick flip back over here. Change our party a little bit. So, so they said it should be possible to do in an hour, so I would like to leave my heavy pack behind. Um, and I'm going to tell Willa to do the same, but still keep like one rope with her. Um, so we'll just go with minimal, minimal equipment, just so I don't have to be encumbered in a fight and get a minus one to hit. So we're leaving. <clears throat> um, Rager, three spearmen and one bowman, and the the, the captive down yes. with the three tents and we're dropping our packs and we're going to climb the kilometer mountain tonight in the dark yes well it's yeah. you said he thought he could make it back like he was going back up the mountain right no no, no. he was that? headed towards the, the camp down by the coast oh right well i can ask him how long it would take to get back up to the beacon from you Three hours climbing up. If you if you don't have any armor or shields, which means if you're not encumbered, right? And it would it's nightfall in an hour. You said, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
Wow, climbing in a fucking mountain in the middle of the dark. And yep. it's kind of steep. That is... Oh, Jesus Christ! Decisions, decisions. Okay. Well, so far nothing bad's happened. This guy's staying with us. He has food. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll tell him um, we'll stay here for the night, and then in the morning we can make the climb up together. And it's a good choice, because... Right. Not a blizzard, but it is a cold snap. Your water skins will all freeze solid. You'll have to melt snow in order to get anywhere anything um, you've got mess kits so you've got like little tins that you can put snow in and put over the fire and then the water will melt and then you can like that will melt and you can take dips of water but you know, a handful of snow only produces like a smidge of water and so it is going to be not, not a, a huge problem for now but tonight is mighty it's so cold that each tent is going to need its own fire in order to stay warm and then you're going to be burning through all that logging wood that you made. You might even have to send someone out in the middle of the night to collect some additional. And that person that goes out at night can easily see up on the mountainside, there is this glow. The glow coming from the mount from within the mountain. It's not a big fire outside of the mountain that is visible, but it's like yellow, orangey, Chloe thing up there. In which of the three tents is the deserter camping? I think he's um, probably with me. You know, try to establish a little bit of trust, making sure to be like relaxed around them so they don't have the urge to get up in the middle of the night and run to their base or something. I think I would be there trying to uh, establish a friendly relationship. Okay. Your tent is a little overcrowded, which might be a little nice on a hot day, but it also might mean that someone keeps like pushing open the door and letting in the, the absolute freezing air. The smoke that billows up near the top of the tent and sort of begins to leak out is a little bit choking. Your eyes are all going to sting. Your clothes and everything you own with you is going to reek like campfire for weeks or months. Lovely. Mm -hmm. All right. Like you're attached to any of these belongings. It is a... No, it's just... Night. <laughs> But it's okay. You've got tents and you've got fire, so it's fine. If you had gone up the mountain by yourself, well, that might have been a different problem. Uh, but we're going to go on to the next day, and we will eat another set of rations. It means that we're down at 789 rations left. This is... Roll me a D100, please. Sixty-seven. Oh, good. All right. You're taking the whole group. 
including the deserter, up the mountain. No, I'm taking exactly the same people I would have taken last night, not the whole group. Oh, the deserter stays. I'll, 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 I'll tell him, you just rest your legs. Okay. Um, I'll tell him I met you and that you're safe and that there's nothing to be worried about. And then I'll fetch him. It's not far and we'll come back and then we'll go together. Okay? Okay. Okay. What's your name? What's his name? Uh... Grippin. Grippin. I see that distaste in your eyes, Faye, and I don't want to hear it, all right? His name is Grippin. I want a Grippin. You were never made to survive this campaign without names, all I'm saying. All right. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, you know, start walking, and I think um, Gregor is, like, probably walking, like, the first five minutes with us. You know, I'll be like, Gregor, okay, come a little bit. So we're, like, five minutes away from the camp, and I talk to him, I lean towards him, and I say, Gregor, if this man makes any motion to run, you kill him. Okay? Of course. No begging, no mercy. Be quick, okay? We're not trying to torture anybody. Well, we cannot have anybody escape and risk the mission. I understand. Uh, sir, do you, do you think there's any truth to what he's saying about the queen being possessed by a demon? <laughs> I'll, I'll look at him and say, Gregor, you know, I've once heard that if it gets really, really cold and people are close to um, freezing to death, they will imagine the most wondrous things. But, but sir, the, this notion of a demon, it sounds like it happened when they were still aboard the boat before they got to the this place. Right? Wasn't the cleric saying something about demons? That, isn't that why they started the mutiny? Of course, but what tells you that there's nothing else that has taken over the cleric? Think about it. The queen is protected by her walls, by her wizard. Um, she's she's been safe in Wickthron Varenta, even from like a giant red dragon. How much more likely is it that anything evil could get to a lost cleric on some boat? and twist their mind in a mission to weaken us. I mean, look how many people have come to this island. That is way more likely in my books. That's a really good point, sir. Uh, and he'll go back, and he'll keep an eye, and everything will be fine. Whereas you, with Willa, three spearmen, and the two bowmen, all head up the mountain. As I understand it, we're dropping our bags and we're going with just our armor and weapons, right? And our, our clothing, obviously. Um, what's well, three hours up there, yeah? It's three hours if you're unencumbered. Not yeah. encumbered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we. I would like to take one rope. If I'm the only, I think I might by myself might be able to carry that. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. Okay. Everyone drops their stuff and begins to ascend the mountain. Now, the 
even without their bags, just because of the, the chainmail they're wearing, the bowmen and the spearmen are still going to be lightly encumbered, but they won't be moderately <laughs> encumbered. And Elaine, without her bag, is also lightly but not moderately encumbered. So it'll take you a little longer to get up the mountain, but you won't have any combat penalties when you're there, which is nice. But we're just talking, Neil. You don't need combat penalties. It's fine. Well, we're just there to... <laughs> Up the mountain we go. Up and up and up we go. And we make perception checks for the people on the mountain. Oh, they roll a four plus whatever their perception score is. But I, oh, it's 17. Uh, it's a rough That's morning. Five, no. Not seven. Five hours later, around noon, sun is high in the sky and it's shining on this southern edge of the mountain as you switch back up and up and up and up. As you're coming up the switchbacks, you can see smoke rising from the the west, which must be your camp. You can see the boat crashed on the iceberg. Um, You have a pretty good view of half the island. You don't see any other signs of life, but you do see that trail that was made last night by that guy. Uh, I you roll me a 2d8, please. 11. Ah, nice. Perfect. All right. You march and march and march. Five hours later, you are approaching the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you can see from this point, even though it's daylight, that there is a glow coming from, it's not quite a cave. It looks a lot more like a mine shaft. Like there's a little archway that is built and reinforced set into this mountain. Um, And not only can you see this little archway uh, with like a glow, since you're down below, you can see like the glow on the ceiling. Um, but you can see that above this archway on the mountain is a scout of some kind, a person whose job is to sit like outside of the, the mine shaft above the hill and keep an eye out on the horizon. And because they rolled like absolute dog shit and you are aware that this thing is coming up in front of you and you're keeping a close lookout for it, you can spot them well before they spot you. Mm-hmm. So just to, I'm not entirely sure what the surroundings look like. I take it there are no more trees up there because this is the mountain top, yeah? This is just... Uh, no, we're not above the, the the tree line. Tree line is like 10,000 feet or so. And right. we're only at uh, 2,000, 3,000 feet. Okay. Um, um, yeah. and, and the mountain top, is there a way to um, go through the woods and try to get around that scout? Or is it like there's nothing to hide there? So, and, like, if we stepped out, you know, it would be just flat. Yeah, if we scroll to the right a little bit, here is a, a little switchback that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is... The the party is currently, like, right over here. Actually, that's not quite right. You're, you're, like, on this part of the switchback. So you're almost all the way up. And from your spot, you can see, like, the top side of this arch... And mm-hmm. you can see that above the arch, we've got like person with a spear who's like hanging out and observing. Um, and you can hear like a little whack, thwack, thwack of an axe going somewhere, but you can't see any other people. 
Um, you don't know what the top section of the switchback is like, but the area that you're on right now has a lot of trees on it. Um, there's even trees growing up in the middle of the switchback, so letting you know this is an old trail. This, this switchback trail predates any of these activities in this campaign. Um, and this, this archway looks like it's reinforced with wood, so someone has built a mine here once upon a time. Probably those same people that were maybe making those settlements that were abandoned. Whatever this is, this is older. Older than this expedition. Um, and you can see one person and you can hear the sounds of other people. You don't know if you're going to have great cover. Like maybe you get to the top of this area and then there's absolutely no cover to the rest of the way. Or maybe there's nice tree cover the whole way through. Um, you do hear the thwack, thwack, thwack of someone chopping down trees though. Okay, but if we were to like move along here, at least this part would still be wooded. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, let's let's just skulk through here and uh, like slightly away from the path. I mean, I take it that person, but even if you take what you would look down here, right? And let's see if we can find that thwack thwack person in the woods somewhere. Great. And uh, would you arrange your your folks <clears throat> into an order for me so I know who is the first to die? Um, I yeah. Um, I want to set up the bowman um if i if i was to take a shot with my bow from here at that guy who's standing mm -hmm. watch would i have a clear shot would it be long range how far is that guy away uh it's gonna be medium range so minus two to hit and he's behind like 25 percent cover so that's another what is that cover two AC, so you'd be a minus four to hit, essentially. Minus four. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you, these people are starving, though. Like, everybody else was super emaciated that I've met so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, probably, you'd probably only uh, need one good shot to take this person down. And it doesn't look like they're wearing armor. It looks like these folks who are have, have all abandoned their armor in favor of easier movement and not being, you know, slowed down um, by Okay, weight. I think I'll have Willa and two um, bowmen stationed here in the woods mm -hmm. so they can try to take a shot at that guy in case uh, he starts moving down. Mm -hmm. And the rest of us, so that's going to be... What, where is she? Is that Willa? Willa with two bow people. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And then me and the other four are going skulking for the woodchopper. All right. <clears throat> I need you to roll me a d10. Nine. That's very good. See, these d10s are surprise rolls. On a 1, 2, or 3 indicates surprise, and a 4 through 10 right. indicates no surprise. And once again, our half-starved, emaciated deserters have rolled poorly on their surprise check. Actually, on all of their checks so far. And so you will climb up to this next section of switchback, and you can see that there are two people of this um, log, like a recently felled tree that they are trying to haul towards this mine. It's very clearly a mine shaft. 
Um, and they've got it over their shoulders. And luckily for you, the log is on the right side of their head and the right side of their body is facing you. And so they can't see you coming up the hill. They've got the vision on the left side, which is towards the cave that they're walking into. And so as you're popping around the edge of the switchback, you see two, two laborers carrying log. You see the one person up on top of the hill who's not looking your direction. They're looking in the direction of your encampment, which is actually way over there as well. Um, and no one has spotted you yet. And you still hear the okay. th- sounds of the thwacking. So there's got to be at least one other person outside. Right. Can we, can we, so, so how is the cover looking here? Pretty you barren. You said I can, like, this is pretty barren. Okay. Yeah. Where's the thwacking? Which direction? Can I tell which direction the thwacking's coming from? Uh, give me a perception check. It's kind of hard. It's just a big echoey sound. You've got like armor and helmets on and the snow dampens everything and you're on a mountaintop. It really makes it hard to tell. You think it's coming from the direction they were hauling the log. From or towards? From. It looks like they're Uh, heading towards the mine entrance. Okay, but is there a way I can circumvent through the woods to the direction they came from? Or will I... Mm -hmm. No, you'll have to be in the open. Yeah. It looks like right out in front of this mine shaft is sort of a cleared and flattened area. And whatever trees used to be there have been cut down, probably for firewood or to give better views. Um, And then the rest of the trail is still covered with trees, probably to keep the path as clear as possible. Give it, you know, give a little cover from the snowfall. Um, and it's the rest of this upper mountain area that is looking like it's getting logged. I wonder why they are dragging. Like, why are they mining here? How Great weird question. is that? Um. Well, there's a situation in which that guy lied. <laughs> and this is the main camp, and there are 20 people in that mine. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's a world in which that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're watching. You're assessing the situation. The two people with the log are making their way towards the entrance to the mine and uh, beginning to head in now. Okay. Um. Before, okay. I'm, well, I'm going to shield rush them. There's nothing else we can do. I'm going to shield rush the person, people with the, with the wood. All right, and you'll I'm be going coming to sign from... to Willa as well to shoot the guy on the uh, on the top of the cave. Okay. You shield. You're going to shield rush the person, the people carrying the logs. Um, based on yes. their positioning, you'll be getting the guy in the back of the column carrying the logs, uh, not the person in the front. And Willa and her archers can put two arrows each into the person on top. So. Why don't you make me two attacks for Willa, two attacks for Willa's bowmen, and then we'll deal with your shield rush. Uh, Willa, first attack is a damage. Uh, yeah, nineteen. Is that a crit? No, seventeen is not a crit. Yep. And wow, that damage Uh, though. But that's a miss (laughs) because these attacks are at minus three. All right. Yes. So the first one hits, though. The first one hits for three points of damage. Uh, Make me one more attack for the other person since Mm. everyone's unleashing arrows at the same time. 
Well, that's that's both of Willow uh, Willas, so I haven't rolled for oh, the other two yet. Um, because you said two per person, right? Right, um, right. That's a second dude. Uh, One. That, I... That's a hit. Yep. One damage. Yep. And, and that, that is a miss. Excellent. So, Willa did... What was it? Three, Three. And the other person did one. One. And I still have one more, if that's not enough. Oh, um, it is not enough. This person... This is one of the few people at full six hit points. And you do four damage. Guy. <laughs> what? All right. Uh, both of the extra bowmen need... That's a hit. For two... Uh, that's four. That's six. That is enough. Um, and we will calculate <laughs> Eat six arrows. Not a problem. And in the meantime, you are rushing up behind this log person. You're hitting them from behind. They've got this other thing in hand. They're all distracted. You got a plus four on this attack with your shield rush. Go ahead and make it. Um, how do I roll this? Like a normal weapon attack? It's a normal weapon attack, but it doesn't get your bonus for your arming sword. So it's just a D20 plus... What, what level are you? Three? D20 mm-hmm. plus two plus four. The D20 plus six. Ready one! It's oh, a great shot! <laughs> you come up right behind this person. Uh, and you smash into them with your shield, which does 1d6 plus your strength score damage. Uh, I think we said I have plus two, yeah? What? What a made damage? One plus one. Oh, sorry, it's not my... Not my uh, four. Oh, that's literally his exact HP. Once again, <laughs> getting these people to exactly zero, you crack into this guy. He tumbles forward, hits his head on the ground, completely unconscious. The log that he's holding begins to slip and fall. The other three spearmen, you didn't give any instructions to, but they come up behind you. Spears bristling and out. And now is time to roll initiative. Um, and... Let me get uh, one deserter over here. Uh, where am I? Here am I? Okay. And they are going to roll initiative poorly. Um, I will take care of your bowmen. Don't worry about them. Well, I rolled bad initiative. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I'm still, uh, you know, slightly uh, <laughs> shield rushed, mm-hmm. trying to stay on my feet. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to rush someone with a shield and then swing straight after. Yeah. Uh, so when the dodging bowmen, the, the bowmen begin to follow up behind you, like hurrying up the hill because they can't see anyone else. The first one of your spearmen to act, you know, they, you bash the person with the shield, they come up running behind you, and one of them goes immediately for the attack because they see you beating the shit out of these people and the arrows firing. And so they launch in with a one-handed spear attack, which is a, a wild miss. The other bowmen can make their way up the hill. The other spearman pushes their way past you quickly, thrusting towards the person who with the log. Um, another miss. Uh, and the, now the logger 
you know, has turned around. The, the log has fallen to the ground. He's sur not surrounded, but there's three spearmen and a knight in plate mail in front of him. And he will take a disengage action and run into the mine, shouting, They're here! They're here! Um, I guess it's not running into the mine. It's more of like backing and trying to, you know, defend himself and reaching for anything that could be considered a weapon as he shouts over his shoulder into the mine. They're here. They're here. Um, and your spearmen are going to sort of be pursuing after. Um, the mine is not super wide. So by the time your turn comes around, it's, you know, the dude and your two spearmen that are going into the mine. Your other spearman hasn't gone yet. You're out front as well. Your bowmen have arrived up. What are you going to do? I think we're looking for the logger. All right. You head along the outside. So I'll have uh, Willa stationed here. Uh, where she like was before, mm -hmm. with a clear view of the entrance of the mine. Mm -hmm. uh, her with uh, two of the archers, mm -hmm. and the rest of us go looking for the guy who should still be around out here somewhere. Um, well, the two two of your spearmen are already pushing one person into the mine. Like they've been following him and missing with their oh, attacks. Oh, they follow. All right, okay, yeah. and they're not getting him at all. Yeah. Well, they haven't this round, but they'll get him next round. I guess we have to help him first. It's fine. I'll push into the the mine with the with the, them, and I'll tell the others to go find the the logger. Then, okay. So, two spearmen going off to find the logger. Mm -hmm. Two spearmen in a lane heading into the mine to see what's mm -hmm. up. Willa and, and Willa the, and the two archers, archers guarding the entrance, guarding the yes. entrance, also guarding the path up, keeping an eye on all the things. Excellent. Well, this is where we're going to end our session for the day. When we come back next week, we will explore the mountaintop mine. We'll see if this outpost is truly an outpost or if this is the whole 20 or 30 man detachment of deserters um, and a cleric and some knights. And uh, we'll find out next time what happens on Rise of Drekus. Now for our post-game chat. Oh, there's such a thing. Okay. There's a short. There's a short thing. Yeah, we're not done. We're, yes, we're still in game. Um, last session, we got to the island. We sorted things out. We looked for a good landing place. Tried to get our bearings. This island. This session, we have sort of explored the island and made first contact with the deserters. We've learned a story, a highly improbable although not impossible story about the queen being possessed or corrupted or or somehow taken over by demonic forces which sounds sort of far-fetched except there was that demon invasion in eridon and i mean there is like a gold dragon who's helping the empire so like crazier things have happened in the world and what is elaine how is Elaine feeling about this mission in general? Not so much the, the lore about the queen and all that jazz, but is this going as you expected? Is this going well? What are your hopes for the ending and wrapping all of this up? Are you going to get out of this without any casualties? Are you going to rescue some people? Are you going to kill all the deserters? Are you going to bring any back alive? What's, what's the deal? Hmm. 
Well, Elena hasn't really talked about it much, but this is a very um, difficult situation. If you're part of the army, right, and people desert you, that means they put your life at risk and the risk, and they risk, you know, the lives of your family as well. It means they are aware what they're doing and the impact it has on their lives, right? They know desert, like desertation, that you die for that. If you mm -hmm. desert, you die. They are well aware of that. These people probably, or many of these people, have families at home as well. Mm -hmm. Right? To be a deserter means you abandon these people. Um, so you have to make a very... You have to think that decision through very well, if that's really something you want to do, because there's no such thing as, ah, oh, oopsie-daisy, you know what happens to the best of us. Like, no matter how Elaine treated, treated that deserter earlier, it's a very, very serious offense to yourself, your army, the people you're supposed to protect, and your family on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and war is looking dire, right? Like, I mean, sure, Drekas is one, whatever, but we're stretched in like incredibly thin um so we need to stick together if we want to actually build this empire together in a way where we can be strong and defend ourselves against threats like scoria mystria whatever comes up next you know mm -hmm. um and it doesn't look like we're sticking together you know um these mm -hmm. people are i mean they are in a pretty hopeless situation but they've also abandoned people they should have taken care of like they've abandoned that captain on that boat mm, mm -hmm. without a second thought um mm -hmm. they've disobeyed you know like it's understandable to want to voice opinions and not to want to do things and all these kind of things but this the whole thing that happened on the ship was highly unprofessional for an army um they were pulling people in that had no business being pulled in as well um so as a soldier who ranks up higher, you have to be able to make tough decisions. And there's a lot of mis misbehaving, a lot of not following orders, a lot of letting people down that um, supposedly counted on you. And that is not something she can just let slide for a story, a, a hunch or something else. It's, it's, not, it's not her job either. You know, she's mm -hmm. not a detective, she's not here to, uh, she's not a cleric, she doesn't really care about, you know, what is a cleric supposed to know and whatnot. It's not, it's not, she's not here for personal curiosity, she's here because this is her job. She has one officer back in her home camp that's two years older than her younger brother, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, she has a lot of responsibility for many young people who've been sent here, and she's not going to let these people down for a bunch of traitors. You know, like, yeah. she loves Drekas and she loves her country, um, but if these people betray, you know, their, their army and their country, and it's us versus them, it's going to be us. Right. You know, that it's, it's not a question. Yep. Yep. And you can feel sorry when you're alone in your tent at night, you know, thinking about the things you might be doing or you might have done or the things you might have said. But during daytime, you know, you're, uh, you're on your job. So when you have to get it done. 
That sounds about right. Okay. Well, the other part of these wrap-ups is that this campaign is sort of setting the toad for the Drakissian Empire, and so Elaine's actions are not entirely predictive of the whole empire of Dracus, but they say a little bit something. Um, and what we've seen so far is pretty careful, slow movements, making sure to not overextend our lines, making sure not to uh, march up a mountain in too much haste, taking the time to do things right. But we're also seeing that, you know, there's not as many supplies as we would like, that we are, we're doing, we're, we're trying to do as best as we can with our limited supplies and resources. Uh, and we're also seeing a little, just a smidge of deception, just a smidge of like, oh, of course, uh, Grippen. It's going to be fine. We'll all figure this out together. We're on your side. Oh, yeah, people in the cold go crazy. And there's this cleric who's corrupting our kids and, like, leading them astray. There's, like, a little bit of... of, um... Sometimes to do the right thing, we need to use a little bit of deception and a little bit of lies a little bit of framing things the way that we want other people to see. Maybe that's what the goddess of cheese, goddess of cheese, goddess of appearances is all about, is putting things in the right light for the appropriate situation. Um, and I think that's pretty, also very, very indicative of the Empire. It's not just Elaine here that shows one thing and maybe does another that that's that's a normal ordinary part of governance and and certainly of military advancement um what else do we have here we did see elaine go well out of her, her way to protect and save the crew of the alma I don't know if you've done the math on how many mouths you can feed for the rest of the time that you're on this island or not, but each additional person you bring that you save cuts into your own food supply. And you have a limited supply, and you don't exactly know when the ship is going to return. So each person who you decide to feed is a liability. And without questioning, five mouths from the ship saved right away. Um, I don't know if that, that says that you are brave and courageous and willing to go hungry yourself in order to protect others, or if it is just, um, you know, not doing the math and not thinking about the future and living in the moment and dealing with the problems directly in front of us. I don't know which one it is yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things shift when, if food runs out. But hey, maybe not everyone will survive. You know, maybe a bunch of your soldiers will die killing the deserters and then you won't have as many mouths to feed. Uh, and the last thing we saw, I don't know if all of our viewers caught it, but there was a moment when talking with the, with Euclid Euler, um, where Elaine gently and softly 
offered to uh, put the the captain down and not suffer any further. Um, and either the captain didn't notice that, or or passed, off, you know, waved it off or refused it. But there's a certain amount of mercy killing that w- that was on the table. wasn't wasn't pushed. You know, he's too sick to even eat. So what? Is, you know, he's not a liability. Um. So we have a very complicated character, and I think a very complicated empire has a lot of responsibilities and not enough supplies to take care of them all and is doing their best. Would you say that's about accurate or have I wildly mischaracterized? No, I think that's, I think that's very accurate. I think that's very accurate. I think, um, if things get really dire, there are some people who try to just do their job. You know, and sometimes what is good and what is, like, right is not necessarily the same thing. You know, sometimes you have to choose between things like order and justice or order, justice, and good, you know? And Mm -hmm. sometimes you might strive for the best of them, but you'll have to go for a lower version because it's not achievable. And I think in dire times, you have to go for what is achievable. So we'll see how that plays out in the end. Yeah, we will. Well, that is it for Rise of Drekus today. We will be back next week on Thursday um, because August and September are crazy and impossible to schedule. But we'll be back next week on Thursday at a... 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central European time? Is that right? Sounds about right. Yeah. All right. For our third session of Chapter 1 of Rise of Drakus. Good night.